0: to the combat jack show get
1: ready for combat combat show.com get ready for combat yo
0: what's up dallas pen
1: combat jack what's going on brother
0: man you you're a prophet i must be a you're, prophet you're profit in these internets because i don't make no profit <laughs> i'm telling you man just three weeks ago yes we were talking about finger guns yes i think this was the lord jamar episode uh, we the Cypher episode Was it the Cypher Sounds episode? We, we opened up We opened up the concept so this, is, so this is We're talking about Four episodes ago Okay And we're talking about We were talking about the, the, the Jordan Davis Davis Situation yes Michael Dunn Yes Case and you talked about Finger guns Yes sir And you upset a lot of people Because some people fought, Felt that it was too soon mm. And this concept of Finger guns And this and that And now Three four weeks later Your finger guns Is in the news Finger guns A little white kid was expelled from school for making finger guns. Yes. He was he was suspended. Suspended. He was suspended. Suspended for yes. for three days.
1: Yes. For making finger guns. Are you a prophet? I mean listen, people are coming around to understanding that finger guns are out here getting little niggers killed.
0: But, but but white kids also are getting in trouble right now. Little white niggers. Since when has finger guns become such a threat to our society? Dallas Penn? Well, I'll tell you what. How did you have this vision?
1: I'll tell you what. I mean, right now, if if you go into mass media, music videos, print, I mean, who do you see making these finger guns? And it's black kids. Mm. So if I want to protect my white kids, if I want to protect my white youth, Mm. my white flowers... I cannot let them do the things that the jigs do.
0: But we've been doing finger guns since guns were invented. Why is why are they so threatening right now? Well, then you play cops and robbers or cowboys and of Indians? course we did.
1: Of course we did. Combat. Or blacks and recans or of whatever the did fuck combat. iteration of, of the game. Of course we did combat. Right. But but in this bang 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 bang. In in this world that we live in now of of fast media.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In this world we live in now, where where information gets passed. Mm and trends move at a lightning speed, mm. finger guns are a problem. Mm. They were always a problem for black kids. We didn't even know that, mm. though. But now that they're a problem for white
0: kids now, too, now it's an epidemic. Well, you know what? Let's let's turn lemons into lemonade. I had this vision a couple of days ago, man, and, 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 and this, this concept is in my mind. I want to do a mixtape. Mm. I want to do a mixtape, and I want to call it Foams and Finger Guns. Yes. The foams and finger guns Let's call it foam posits and finger guns. Foams. Foam posits. Fuck foam posits. Foams and finger guns. Let's put some mystery into it. What's foams? Foam posits, motherfucker. Okay, foams and finger foam, guns. Foams and finger, finger guns mixtape. Yes. Now, who can we get to be on this mixtape?
1: First of all, my man, Him Low, from Philadelphia. Don't, don't look crazy. Listen, listen. Him Low got, I got a track from Him Low right now. Ready for the mixtape. I'ma leak that shit tonight now. You got me hot. Combat, you got me hype. Let's go. I got the lead I got the lead single for your mixtape, Combat Jack.
0: Who? Him low. Who? We're not talking doppelgangers? We're not talking Black Tore. We're not talking Mayhem Loren. I'll tell you what. We're not talking Sean Price. We're not talking Friends of the Combat Jack you talking about who? I'm talking about yeah, we are talking about friends of the Combat Jack Show. I know you just we, did a a a, a mixtape with him. Low, we got so many but, but friends. Don't, don't come in here and be like. We ah, talking about we talking about foams and finger guns, not him. Low, you just got a mixtape. Let that man breathe for a second, B. Come on, man. That's Dallas Pen for you. Always coming in with. The, ah. Oh, man, I'm hype. You got me hype. (laughs) Anyway, listen, internets, man. I definitely, you know, I'm speaking it into existence right now because I want this to happen, man. Look, sometime down the line in 2014, man, foams and finger guns, the mixtape, the Combat Jack show, Dallas Penn. Mixtape. (laughs) Okay, hey, Pete, how are you doing? What's going on, Com? Hey, man, foams and finger guns, man. I like the sound of that mixtape. I'm so excited for this episode, man. It's going to be a legendary one, man. We got Russell Simmons. I can't believe we got Russell Simmons. Russell Rush. I feel like the fucking little podcast that could. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like here we are four years in, you know what I'm saying? And and motherfuckers around us, you know, have adapted the style, and they're doing great things, and here we are in the studio... Just grinding out episode after episode after episode, and fucking how, m- how many episodes do we have in the can right now? I think somebody said we have three hundred episodes. Yeah, a- I mean, when what? the fuck did that happen?
1: We don't have three hundred episodes.
0: I heard we had three hundred episodes. How the fuck did we? Somebody have 300 on Twitter, episodes. Said, somebody tweeted. This believe- fifty-two
1: weeks a year. Yeah, we've been doing this for four years. Right. Who the fuck? Whoever said three hundred episodes? Uh, what's at with- at reply me so I can punch you in the fucking face. What's what's fifty-two you times idiot. four? 52 times 4 is not 300. Yo, you 100 know what, it's 208.
0: Fuck your dreams. We got 300. We got 300 <laughs> episodes out there. <laughs> Listen, man, fucking uh, idiot. Let's get to this episode, man, cuz we got I hear that Russell's in the lobby. Um some people are asking me why I went out at, at Steve Stout last week. Listen. Guys, I if you know my my work, you know that when I was blogging, I wrote about specific instances that I experienced in the music industry. I never went at it. anybody. I just talked about real life experiences. Um, I thought last week was very apropos because the tanning of America came out. I liked the show, even though that story has been told over and over and over again. I liked it. I wanted Steve to come in. I called Steve. Steve, I, he they hit me with the, his schedule is prohibitive. Mm. I don't know what the fuck that means other than we're not fucking with you. No, I no a whole, Steve he, he was probably looking for a scarf. I called Steve directly. And when he didn't respond, I was like, you know what? I've been sitting on this story for years mm. i never told this story as it's, like, it's, it's it's just timely that i told i don't mean any ill intention you know what i'm saying if scarf i mean if 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 steve stout took offense by this then you know what i'm saying yo man up dude you know what i'm saying if you took offense come on the show let's talk about this give me a firm handshake no scarf hands on nah. let's build this shit M- man. i don't ever want to throw anybody under the bus what i talk is facts i enjoyed the
1: story combat because it's emblematic not just of a particular person, right. but of the industry itself, mm. and how you know people talk about fake smiles. But worse than a fake smile,
0: a f- fake handshake is a fake handshake.
1: Is a fake handshake, right. and that all all that story talked about was a fake handshake. And and forget the name of the person that gave you that scarf hand, right. because you could replace that with. Many Hundreds of many scarf hands. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wardrobe of <laughs> <with> scarves. <right? laughs> but you know what? What's crazy, though, man? We went to this event last night. I'm trying to figure out what's worse. Trying to fuck with a motherfucker that's giving you a scarf handshake, mm-hmm. and they're not fucking with you, mm-hmm. or talking to somebody that wants to fuck with you, and they're talking, and they're spitting all in your face. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> we was talking to my man last night. He just kept spitting in my face. And they don't know how to cover their mouth. And I was, oh, I was trying to give them, like, horrible. the wiping my I just had to move. That is I, I had to give that him the scoff
1: hands that, that's one of those instances internet, where you in the I club I have the
0: scoff hands
1: and, and the music is loud <laughs> and when the music is loud you gotta talk a little louder you know just to to Ex- express yourself, listen, but nigga, you gotta cover your mouth.
0: Listen, my nigga. Last night I put gave your hand in scarf. front of your mouth. Yo, if you think I'm a hypocrite, I'm really sorry, man. You know who you are. I gave you the scarf hand handshake, because you was <laughs> spitting on my face, man. Sure, sure. That shit, yo. I, I, I'm becoming more of a germaphobe the older I get. I hate people spitting, spitting on my face. It was, you was spitting in my face too last night. I was <laughs> drunk. I was fucking twisted. Yo, you was spitting in my face. Yo, with hot breath. I was like, I'm, yo, uh, they had the best
1: order. I Yo. had to
0: sit in the corner for a while. I was I sat Scallops, in the corner slips. and I just looked on Twitter and I was fucking anti social, man. Cause I can't that's the next shit I can't stand right now, is a spit face. Mm. Anyway. I was twisted. We got one question. Uh dear combat jack, I'm an MC from Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn and I work in public policy slash economic development. My first question is to ask if you have any kind of internships available. No. I don't mean to say it like that, but no, we don't have any internships available. This is still a very organic process, a, a very organic operation. Um, we have a lot of hands on deck. We have a lot of capable peop, people, capable good, good people, capable people on deck. Now, if you have any ideas that you want to incorporate into the Combat Jack Show, I'm definitely very open. And if you have your ideas, you will own your ideas. And if you can implement them, and if you come to the table, you know, to the, hit the ground running, then we definitely could use you. But we don't just have any. Blanket internship, so I'm sorry about that Uh, My second question is Why do you think New York MCs have not Touched on gentrification Poverty, the education system And things that are currently affecting the youth And the people of NYC Most of the MCs still rap about drugs And making money, but the fact is that's not True for the majority of the urban people In the city, you know what, and this is Cordially Ray Shears, aka Verve Ray, Verve Ray Thanks for 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 your question, I can't Speak on, I'm not an MC I don't know why MCs write about what they write, write about. Mm-hmm. I know there's certain people. I I, I would imagine in this big ass city, in this big ass country, you got people that are actually rapping about the things that 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 you want them to hear about, but you're not hearing mm-hmm. them because you know that's not the shit that pops. You know I'm saying you heard Ebro. If if it's if it's not if the bitches don't like it, it. then they're not playing it. Bitches ain't dancing. You know I I know that rapper Ka. From 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 Brownsville, from Brownsville raps about shit like this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Why don't you check out the rapper? Ka? I don't think rappers are not rapping about this. I think you just got to dig in deeper. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying it's not sexy. The, the content. I want to hear that shit too, but that content is not sexy in today's market. Mm-mm. So you got to dig for it. Man. Not
1: not in the radio market. No, not in mm-hmm. the radio market,
0: man. And definitely, I mean, I mean, on online, you got to find that shit online. What do you I, think, Dallas?
1: I mean, I, d- without without question, I think whatever you want to talk about, whatever you want to hear about content-wise, is out there.
0: Some rapper is doing it. Some
1: rappers you doing it. I'm is, is, is,
0: is Himlo doing it?
1: Himlo is not rapping about gentrification, per se. What is
0: Himlo rapping well, about? Well,
1: Himlo is from Philadelphia. Okay. So Philadelphia... Is, Philadelphia
0: gets gentrified.
1: But Philadelphians experience experienced uh, gentrification a, a lot different than... Philadelphia is actually extremely segregated. Mm. Much more segregated than New York City. Right. New York City is only segregated along money so lines. is Himlo
0: rapping about segregation?
1: No, Himlo is rapping about trying to fucking come up and get some bread
0: mm, and get some low and get and staying low. I listened to the mixtape, though. Yeah, he's he's pretty good, and I like your intro.
1: Yes, thank you. Yeah, I speak throughout the mixtape, okay. but that's that's Himlow is dope. Himlo's is dope. My man, uh, Spec put me onto him, Mark Spec. Yeah, and and he sounded he reminded me of him when I first heard Himlo, he reminded me of uh Rock Marciano, mm. and um
0: you know another I, I didn't I didn't get the Rock Marciano vibe. You didn't get that, okay? No, get, All but, right, but I got that he's very. Lyrical Lyrical Yes He's not lyrical miracle But he's very lyrical He's very lyrical But anyway Getting back to Verve Ray Verve Ray I'm sure they're out there If you're not up on Ka Listen to Ka mm-hmm. And, and let's, let's continue this conversation Listen Internet. Anything else we want to do in, the, in this intro Oh 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 oh. Yo you guys have been Very great with regard To your response To our first ad Continue um, Signing up to Audible wait a, minute, wait a minute Everybody listening to this show Has
1: not already registered To audible.com Via Audible Podcast. Dot com slash combat jack real talk real talk y'all listening to this right now if you've been riding with us for several years and you don't get on this wave I personally will punch you in the fucking face mm. when I see you at the barbecue Dallas,
0: you're not punching nobody
1: right all right now. listen I won't but I will not shake your hand mm. I'll give you a fucking scarf hand
0: give him a scarf hand in the spit face
1: I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean seriously come on folks audible dot com I'm sorry audible podcast look at this audible podcast audible
0: podcast dot, dot com, com slash combat jack. jack. get a free book, man. Listen for real, man. Uh, I still haven't finished the Mike Tyson Undisputed Truth, but that's a great fucking. Let me book. tell you what happens.
1: Word. Mike Tyson fucking gets a tattoo on his face. The end.
0: <laughs> Listen, internet, man. We got Russell Simmons in the building. Tune into the Combat Jack Show. The oh, Combat Jack c- Combat Jack. Combat Jack. Before I let you go to this yeah. break,
1: uh, big up to my man Sharad. Oh, big up to my yo. man Cedric Operano. Oh Yes. Big up to my man, motherfucking peg leg, turkey leg, Jenkins from Fucky Bergen Jenkins, LLC.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned Sherrod. The internet. Sherrod is the uh, security guy that works in this building, in the studio that we record out of. Um, and the first day I walked into this building, how long have we been in this recording here now?
2: Six months, maybe.
0: Six months. The first day I walked in, he was like, oh shit, Combat Jack, I fuck with you. Dallas Penn Premium P.I. fuck with the crew. Yo, I like what y'all doing. He, he really listens to the podcast. So from that first day six months ago, I kept saying, we got to give Sherrod a (laughs) shout out. And I see him, I shake his hand, I get in the elevator. And it was like once I got off the floor, this magic cloak would wipe my fucking memories of Sherrod out of my brain. And we would leave here every night, every night that we recorded Dallas Pen. And we're like, fuck, we didn't give Sherrod a shout out. So I'm glad you did that, Dallas Pen. you're, you're, You're a fucking prophet, dude. Foams and finger guns Coming Foams 20, and finger guns I love it. I, love it I love it I'm trying
1: I'm trying to go from Being a prophet <laughs> To fucking get make, some profit make, Making a profit yo, That's well, right well,
0: Maybe Russell Simmons Can help you In his new book You know Success through stillness Let's, let's get some profit Internet. You know what it is let's see, He Jack is show. the prophet Combatjackshow.com che- F your radio F your podcast F your TV show Yeah
2: Internet. Make sure you head on over To our iTunes page Subscribe Rate Download. Check out all our episodes over there on our iTunes page. But most importantly, we need your support because with your support of liking us, rating us, subscribing, and leaving comments, we can hit the featured page on iTunes, and then we will be official Super Fucky Bergs. So make sure you fuck with us, Internet.
0: Internet, you tuned into the Combat Jack Show. The Combat Jack dot com. Yo, Russ. Yo.
3: What up, nigga? <laughs> What's going on, sir? <laughs> What's going on? Yo,
0: internets. We got Russell Simmons in the building.
3: Why he? y'all call niggas internets? I love that. You like that, right? What the fuck does that mean?
0: Internets, man. you not on the interconnected networks. The internets right now. I've
3: never been on a podcast in my life. This it's my first, first time.
0: Pod- yeah. Oh! No! Get podcast ready for calling hey, Yo, Russell, man. Congratulations on your book, man. Thank you. Thank stillness you. through success.
3: Uh, success through stillness. Success yes, through stillness. Well, that's kind of good. That's right. But, yo... It's something that I've been passionate about for so long. The book or meditation? Well, given meditation has right. always been. I gave Oprah her teacher. Okay. I gave Ellen DeGeneres her teacher. I gave countless. I, I'm, I'm mentioning them because they're famous. Right. And their voices have been helpful in spreading meditation. We have hundreds of thousands of kids meditating around the country. And Stick the schools man. that they're in are transformed because of it. Stickman so,
1: from Dead Prez on Facebook was telling me, I mean, was telling everyone in his feed, To pick up your book, Success Through Stillness, because meditation for him was such a tool. And how, what he really said was how your book made it understandable and simple. That's the reason it took the
3: mystery out of it. That's what it's about: demystifying it, making it simple. My daughter, she's eleven, but she's going to school for the gifted kids, right? She told me that, Daddy, you wrote a book like Sea Cat Run. (laughs) I said, the fuck, what? You know, she's eleven. I'm like, why would you? You know. She said, it's very simple, Dad. You know, this is as high-brow as Dad can write. Mm. And then also, I was uncomfortable about that on the way after I dropped from school. Because I meditate with her every morning and take her to school. She did say she learned a lot, a lot of research in there, a lot of stuff she didn't know about meditation. And she'd been meditating since she was eight. Mm. Mm. So on the way back, um, I was a little uncomfortable. Like, she just said my book is—she's 11. Right? You've got an 11-year-old I, book critic. Right, but that's all right. Because then I got a call from Oprah who said she loved it. So. Mm. And and Sanjay, I just did his show. He loves it. So I feel comfortable now, you know what I mean? And your man, Dead Presence, from yeah, Dead stick Presence. Man, stick Stickman. Yeah, Stickman. That's my man. And I don't even fuck with him like that. He ain't do me a favor because right. he knows me. We You know, we barely, we did little we did little things together. But, um, you know, that's good to hear that because I respect him greatly, you know what I mean?
0: Now, now Russell, what is it about meditation? Because most of my, most of my we, successful friends, of my most successful friends, they swear by meditation. So, I've tried to meditate. And I don't I'm know. the we we here. Okay, While we here? I'm we're gonna about teach to have you. a meditation class.
3: Yeah, of course, it's going to be real. And why simple is meditation too.
0: so expensive?
3: Well, you know what? My book is not expensive. It's a real simple route. Right. And you know, they say when the mind is still, everything unravels, uh. and it's true. You've been in a car accident; and everything moves slow. Mm-hmm. Right. Or you've been on a, playing Play, basketball, you know, and, and you're in the zone, or right. you read a book, and you even forget to breathe. This kind of single point of focus is an expansive mindset. And you want to live like that. You don't want it to happen by mistake.
0: Oh, that's your ringtone right there? Yeah, nah. yeah. Got the Wu-Tang? Yeah, that's some old school <laughs> shit. You don't think I'm doing old school shit.
3: Let me turn this off. But um, So it's like a really, really major tool that people have been using for thousands of years. And somehow it's not in our schools. It's not in our conscious. You know, it's more and more, you know, getting back in style, right? But it's a real thing that we need. Quiet time. You know, to operate from a place of abundance, you have to operate from the inside out.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: You know, the noise is the cause of sickness, and the stillness is the cause of bliss. It's that simple. We all have hundreds of thoughts in our mind at any given time, and any given time, those thoughts are causing us sometimes sickness and sadness. But if you have a quiet mind, then you get to see everything. You know, in other words, that slow motion I talked about, everything in front of you is like a miracle. All God's beauty is right there laid out for you, but you miss it, you know, when you got noise.
1: So, meditating is going to be like when I used to take acid. I'm going to see the colors again. It's kind of like, (laughs) no, well, no, more like ecstasy. If
3: you want to get, because I took every drug, I would say that the idea of a quiet mind, that's why people drink and get high, because they want the noise gone. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason you meditate, to empty the mind in the same way. The difference is one is a lasting, stable happiness, and the other one is just glimpses of this this bliss i'm talking about
0: now now we were talking earlier and you were saying that in terms of these kids these two hundred thousand kids that that you have meditating through the david lynch foundation that's right that that it's shown market we got research crazy research are we talking about black kids
3: well we got lots of places in the hood i was just talking about my man dr rutherford in washington who's in the most high combat zone where it's crazy Mm. and in that school they meditate in the morning and then and the end of the day And it's the most quiet school and the best learning atmosphere, and it's the greatest school in that area, you know. And the grades are high and the people are happy. And you know, it's a very important tool. It's not only for kids though, because you know, everybody, adults are even more stuck in stupidity than kids. You're reaching inside to find the thing that was given to you as a child. You want to operate from a place of abundance and a place. Where the inside informs you instead of the noise from the outside.
0: Now, Russell, we live in such a noisy society. Do you find it yourself difficult to meditate Look, every I now and I've got five and then?
3: charities. Right. I have um, the Rush, Rush, Unirush Company. I have ADD, All Deaf Digital, which is a lot of com. We shot 300 videos in six months mm. at All Deaf Digital. I got a fashion company. I spent a lot of today designing. You know, I got to write books. And, I got, you know, today I spent a lot of the day promoting. Right. I have um, a bunch of films in development. I have five shows in development at HBO. I have a, I have a, a larger capacity to do more uh. because I do less. You know what I mean? In other words, I operate from a, a place, of a, a calmer place. But My name was Rush. It's still Rush, but my work is I do it thoughtful and quiet. You know what I mean? I made yoga today. I meditated twice a day. So yoga is an hour and a half. Meditation was 20 minutes two times. And I had a big day, you know what I mean? So that's I, 40
0: minutes of meditation today. For me, yeah. Right. You're juggling more now than
1: when Ever. Rush management in their heyday Ever. had to juggle the of personalities,
3: course. all. Per- personalities is even, you know, I'm making a lot of shots. I'm shooting four pilots right now. So I got all the artists and all the directors and all the writers. And I got the staff that runs All Deaf Digital. I got the staff that runs Unirush. I got the team that makes the TV. That's the whole staff that runs the TV so company, all, all you, the you, film company. All of
0: this capacity from meditation. I think you, that— You, you got to explain this to me, though. You, I got to explain to you because you explain what to I'm me.
3: saying is that, you know, you operate from a calm place. Right. And you do what you can, and you forget to rest. Mm. You know, you don't not follow up. I'm not saying that. I'm not suggesting that. You find smart people. You put things in place, and you go to sleep when it's time to go to sleep, and you meditate when it's time to meditate. I walk out of a meeting in a minute and go to yoga. I don't give a fuck. I'm <laughs> going to class. <laughs> now, 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 I go to I, class every single day.
0: Russell, I found that 10 years first ago. First
3: chakra first. Somebody asked me about that. The Molindara chakra first. <laughs> take care of yourself. Then you can take care take of others. Take care of yourself
0: and take care of others. What I found is like 10 years ago, my focus was at a higher level. But with the advent of like the self, the smartphones and the whole nine, I found myself easily distracted. Like so much more distracted that it's harder for myself. To focus on a daily basis, because so much information is coming in. <sighs> so how do you how do you get a, how do you get a society that's locked in on smartphones right now to just turn that shit off and be quiet? Like that yeah, sounds it's almost becoming impossible. becoming more and
3: more dude. relevant or useful. Right. It's always been relevant. More and more used the tool of meditation now. I mean, when Oprah, when we gave Oprah a teacher. She gave us staff, then she told the world. Now, what does the teacher she do? She saw the What's teacher. It? I'm going to tell you what the teacher does yeah. in a minute. I'm going to teach you all to meditate at the end of the podcast. Okay. Right? At the end. I'm looking forward gonna, to now. that. I, niggas ain't going to listen to us meditate. That's right. stupid, right. right? Okay. That's like, you know what I'm saying? They'll go to sleep. But, <laughs> but, 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 I'll, but I'll just tell you how to meditate, and then y'all can sit in silence, but the show will be over. You right. know You go? But I'll teach them when I teach you. It's a real simple to, uh, simple way to do it. But there's a lot of kinds of meditation. There's candle gaze, and there's breath meditation. There's mantra meditation. There's all kinds of meditation. But I want to teach you the one that's most prevalent now in our society and is spreading the most and is easiest to do, I think.
0: Is it transcendental meditation? Well, it's
3: inspired by transcendental meditation. Um, it's mostly I would say that, you know, there's small things that are not promoted by the Maharishi who is Maharishi from a meditation standpoint, I would say he's my greatest teacher. That's T M comes from the Maharishi. But I'd say that also there's other little techniques that yogis uh, inspired me about other yogis and 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 so those things which I think make it easy to digest. The, you know the, the TM thing, you got a separate mantra for every person. Mm. It's a little, they give you a puja, which is a spiritual practice that they go through. To, to, it's a little mystical, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And right, I want right, to take right. The, I want to demystify meditation. I want to make it easy. It's quiet time. It's not religious.
1: Yeah, take that mystif- mystical shit out take from the
3: hood Take that out the game, man. Right. Yeah, yeah. None of that's in the, in my book because right. I don't you know. Even though I'm a yogi, I believe that you could be stuck on stupid. Mm-hmm. In other words, when the car crash and everything is moving slow, or when you're in a zone and you can't miss when you're playing basketball, that state of consciousness is known by the Christians as Christ consciousness, mm-hmm. by the Buddhists as Nirvana, mm-hmm. by the yogis as Samadhi, by the Muslims as Taqwa. So the prophets all spoke of living in heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. Which and is basically enlightenment. Right, exactly. So I am not. I don't talk about enlightenment but you move towards a space where you are more like that than before. Oh. The idea of being stuck like that. And and actually seeing, see in yoga, the physical practice, you smile and breathe in difficult poses. It's a practice, right? So you have this ujjay breathing, right? And the idea is to smile and breathe as you move through the most difficult poses, right? Take that off the mat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's the idea. Take it off the mat. It's just one of the eight parts of yoga. But in the physical practice, you smile and breathe. But I keep saying practice because when a nigga's bent up in the wrong way, it's hard to smile. And mm-hmm. if he is, he's front. Mm-hmm. So when you become enlightened, you do see bliss in a corpse and the sunset. You see it as all God and all perfection. Mm-hmm. This idea is something that requires a bit of faith. I'm not really dealing with faith. I'm dealing with the science of meditation and how we know it helps people. And that's what the book is about.
0: Now you know what's great, man, is is you, you're talking about all this enlightenment and this this, this reaching a higher plane. And I know, know you get ready talking heaven so. on earth. I know and, where you're going. You know I'm right saying, now. And, I, and I'm feeling that because there's this, this this beautiful level of calmness in this studio right now. But as you're talking, you're like nigga this and nigga that, and I'm trying to figure out is there a contradiction between meditation? I don't worry so much about language.
3: About, uh, I don't worry about language. I worry really? about you chopping up forty billion animals, and and, mm. and it says dominion over the animals, didn't it? And then so you can have forty billion animals chopped up. The cows' farting is twice as responsible for global warming than all the trains, planes, and automobiles put together. Yet we birth or make these cows birth other cows into suffering. We are part. We are. We are abusive. It's the worst comic disaster in the world. And you will worry about me saying The food nigga. chain. Mm-hmm. you saying
0: the food chain of is the no, no, he's, right.
1: he's saying the, the, the way we
3: live in our world. There's so much unconscious behavior, mm-hmm. and we choose to worry about language. Mm-hmm. I mean, I worry about intention. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. I'm, I grew up, my father called me, my father became a black history professor when I got a little older, right? So he educated himself and everything else, right? But he called me nigger so much that when I was 12, I think he pulled me aside said, yo, Russ, your name is Russell. <laughs> fuck out of here <laughs> no, 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 but, I thought my name was but, nigga he called me and you know, I thought that, so it, it didn't really bother me you know, it doesn't bother me language but, but
0: people around you though people in our society for some reason I don't reason, like to hurt people's feelings this like word keeps coming back it ain't the going nowhere keeps, yet it's not when going it go, nowhere my fact, favorite record. My yeah. nigga, my nigga. That's your favorite record right now?
3: Fa- right now. That, sure. that, that, that's the dirty version. Absolutely. But, but, but Russell, we that's were that's not the radio version. version. Whack. But we were it t- don't even sound good on the radio. But, it my only hitters. sounds good in the club. Right. But we
0: were talking <laughs> earlier, hitters. and we were saying that- Stop that playing, we, man. We, we right. that
3: record don't sound good on the radio.
0: We were saying that certain words you
3: can't say, though. Like what? Like, like faggot. You can't, you can't say, say that. But but why could you say that? faggot- doesn't have any good. There's no my nigga. You don't say my faggot. There's nothing endearing. And there's nothing, nothing endearing, endearing about, about it. It's not mm-hmm. the intention. Mm-hmm. There's no. There's no good intention in that word. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter when you use it's it, it's a derogatory it, term. Period. But what about people that argue
0: that nigga is a derogatory term? What's well, to them? Right. I mean, I'm
3: speaking to you, and I call you my nigga. Right. Are, you, are you uncomfortable? No, I, I love the word. Like I, I right. went
0: through my process of wanting to stop the word. It's too and much it, work, it, man. I'm going to spend my time on that <laughs> shit. But, but I'm going to tell you, I spend
3: my time on stopping the. Prison industrial complex from locking niggas up. Mm. And, and I spent a lot of time on that. I spent mm. my time on fighting <laughs> for gay rights or fighting animal rights or f- saving the environment or something meaningful. I ain't going to spend no time on no fucking nigga.
1: Reducing Not- mandatory minimum sentences, all that we shit. We got
3: rid of that. We changed that. Yes. I got the pen. When the governor changed that shit, yes, he gave me the pen. one of the greatest achievements of my life. Niggas came home from jail mm-hmm. because of the work that we did. Some of them niggas need to go and back, back and though. Again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid. I'm gonna I'm tell you. But, but that was but, but locking people up for being diseased, mm-hmm. educating them in criminal behavior, and dumping them back in the hood is not a good practice. It was a practice that was uh, was good for the prison industrial complex, right? And it good it's good for them to pay for that business, that's pay for why I occupy Wall Street. You know, I, I mm-hmm. slept in that park. You know, and I and I, I lots of nights yeah, I did You brought sleep Kanye there. out,
0: right? You brought Kanye, yeah, brought Kanye and Jay Z and, uh, and yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, but you know, it's like you know, Zuccotti Park. But I brought Kanye and I brought a lot of people out there, and you got Russell Brand people. The real truth is, we don't need corporations paying our government. That's fucking stupid. That's yeah, crazy. How can you have? How can you be a? It's money over people, or are you elected by the people to serve the people? How can you have somebody pay legally bribe your politicians, and call it a democracy? It's deeply flawed, and that's what we—that's why we occupy. It. Mm-hmm. You know, and and um, there's still a lot of work to do on that subject, obviously. And you know, we've got to keep hitting away at it. You know, what I mean, it's something that we got to stay on. When did
1: you? When did you get this activism? I mean, this is—is is this a gradual process? Okay.
3: The same one who called me nigga mm-hmm. <laughs> all the motherfucking time. He's an activist and very, very conscious person. You Did he know? take you to events? Yeah, were... he got arrested right in front of me. Standing really? in front of a bulldozer at a civil rights rally. Mm. You know? So my father really inspired me a lot. My my older brother's also an artist, but as a conscious person. And um, you know, as a yogi, I really became more conscious because this is why we talk about meditation. So you can sit still and decide what you want to do. Like I'm not fucking I'm not part of that chopping up forty billion animals. I don't want to do that. Mm. Or I'm not part of you know, I'm not okay with this war. I don't care what they all say. I don't say it, you know, so I'm going to protest. Or, you know, you get to make your own decisions and you do things that are more from your heart. You gotta, even the Buddha said, check for yourself. Fuck what the preachers say or what the rabbi or the monk says. You have to look in your heart and make sure it works for you. And inside of you is all of what the scripture can give you anyway.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, Russell, man, let's go back, man, because you're taking us so far in, 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 into the sky right now. Where we and, going then? I want to go back, man. <laughs> I want to go back to, to, to you created a business that didn't exist. You created an industry, in a sense, that didn't exist. In your lifetime, and I'm talking about financial this. service. No, I'm talking about. Well, you know, them
3: niggas wasn't doing this. I'm talking about Chase this. Manhattan and American Express, and them niggas wasn't around when we started Rushcard. So they, bit I like your saying shit. that because so I they
0: bit your shit. They bit the. That's all right. I, I been supposed exa- to. They
3: gave me look. They stole all my ideas. And every time they get a new idea, I steal it immediately. Mm. It's a competitive industry.
0: You're legend on so many different levels, but the the I think our audience. Most identifies with you in terms of this industry of music. Yeah, yeah, hip hop. I know, I was just fucking with you. But I, you I created, wanted to say the dude. thing about the financial service because like, like, it's something that you I, have you have know, get that they always
3: talk about I put my name on something. I ain't put my name on it, niggas. Y'all took, put your name on my shit. <laughs> you no, know, I see the financial <laughs> service industry writes that, you know, but, that I, I'm, I'm a celebrity. Uh, no, nah, fuck out of here. I created industry. I didn't, I, and I'm not ego. I'm just saying that one thing, I just want to share that with y'all, niggas. You want to
0: clear it up. Clear that up. Russell, you grew up in Hollis. Yes. When you when you were growing up, you lived in a nice neighborhood.
3: It was Hollis. You know, right. it was gentrified. But it was gentrified. But niggas came and the white people left. Was that flight. gentrified? That and, the same and, thing? And as you was growing they up. They left instantly. The I got there. And as you was Danny growing Danny Whiteboy stayed behind. And nigga's name was Danny Whiteboy. Danny, so Danny Whiteboy. White right. That but, was his nickname.
0: Of course. So when you were growing up in Hollis. Because he's the only white person in the neighborhood. You saw your neighborhood
3: my, change. Yeah, of course. Hollis, Hollis Avenue, my corner, was the number one. Larry Lucas was on my corner. Mm. It was the number one heroin block in Queens. Mm. It destroyed the whole neighborhood. Was know? there a lot
0: of violence at that time?
3: Yeah, I was in a gang, Seven Immortals. Right. You mm. know, and now why up. did you join a gang? Because those niggas are stupid. You right. know why? I don't know why niggas join gangs. How old? If they you? ain't forced to, I ain't, 13, 14, 13, right. Yeah, Seven Immortals. S- seven Immortals. Younger right. mortals now, than the mortals, now, But you, you got when I got the, you I got the old, dope I had, jacket, old to get. Yeah, I had the jacket. You know the the old school shit. The yeah, seven yeah, 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 in the middle and the Immortals seven warrior shit. Yeah, yeah, all that. That's what we had. Right. not uh, I'm gonna tell you though, When we was the younger mortals. I remember we went to Coney Island mm. and we you know, we had our colors and shit, we was, you know, bullying people. What was the colors? Seven of seven, they called them colors, right. like the the jackets that you paint the colours with the sleeves yeah, cut off. Yeah, sleeves cut off, all that seven <laughs> of them. So we was at I remember when we seen the black spades and them niggas was much older than us and, and they was what they called um what the fuck they had a name for them niggas that didn't wash. The whole thing was they couldn't wash. Was it called was called like pledge or some shit. It was a pledge. Yeah, they couldn't. Walk. They were the scariest niggas I ever seen in my life. <laughs> and we we carrying our jackets around, and everybody <laughs> scattered. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch ass niggas that we walked out uh. of the subway, went home. The motherfuckers <laughs> were so scary. They were older. They murdered niggas like very regularly. You know, we wasn't real murderers. And then niggas. In fact, they killed a nigga who was with us, mm. a, a, a black spade, and hung his colors in the park. And I remember staying in the house for two days. Mm-hmm. That was my retaliation. Now, what was the worst grip. shit
0: you was involved with? And in, 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 in what was the worst shit in that gang that you was involved in?
3: Other than that, the gang, you know, I did a lot you know, stupid thing I ever did. I used to sell a lot of fake incense, cocaine, right? and niggas would shoot it. And I used to live in a house where the dope fiends would come and buy 10 dimes <laughs> of coca leaf incense, and they would mix it with their dope because it had caffeine in it, mm-hmm. and they would shoot it. And we were right by the police station. Stupid. We, were, we were right there on 165th Street. By the library, by the police station. Mm-hmm. And the dope fiends would be collaborating downstairs, but you could only buy t- 10 at a time. Mm. We would not. You mm. can't knock on the door and buy a dime. You had to buy a bundle. So you buy 10 dimes of Coke to mix with your heroin. So they would stand around and collaborate and then send one nigga upstairs with the 10 dimes. And, and I used to live in that apartment. I was stupid. I mean, I didn't know any better. All right. I, I but did how, a lot of dumb you, shit when I was a kid. How did was,
0: you not know any? You, you came from a good family. How yeah, but
3: you? that's what... They, House Queens not, you know. You might have had a decent family, but right. you had a dumb friend, you know, right, next right, door. Right. Everybody was fucked and up. And so you went with it? Yeah, but we went with it. Yeah, we was, you know. She was fun. You were so, out there so, hustling. So, so, so. We were hustling. I had a new shit. You know, I had niggas on AJ Lester's. Blind it. Nice. But. Hey, I
2: heard, I heard you were selling uh, flour as cocaine to No, no, people. no. No? Incense. Intense.
3: Crushed incense. It was, no, coca leaf incense. You go right now to Head Shop, probably, and you could buy coke And we come in rock form you put a bit on your tongue and your whole head'll freeze off. Mm. Mm. And back then no, didn't no cocaine that well. Yeah. Right. So you put that shit on your tongue your whole brain'll freeze off. And then if you sniffed it, it had caffeine in it. And if you shot it, it would go along with the is dope. It's off of incense. It's
0: all of yeah, incense. Was,
3: but that was made on purpose, coca leaf incense. Right. Yeah. They knew what the fuck they were selling. Mm. So why'd you get out that game, man? Cause I found music.
0: How'd you find music?
3: I found I went to City College and I was fly, I had all kind of paper and I was dressed and all the A.J. Lester shit, and I Di- had him rush him and I was that nigga. Mm, mm. And then um, and, and when was, I was a What si- was your major? Sociology. Okay. But in the lounge, and, I was, and, and, and then I, I met this, this kid, Rudy Toppin, and he used to give parties. I went to a party, and there was Eddie Chiba there. Where? At Charles Gallery on 135th Street. Okay. And Eddie Chiba was on the mic, and the party was slick, but he would get in free as a promoter. And I always wanted to be at the party, not to get in free- but to be the man at the club. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That was like, and I said, damn, this was a game I got. It. So, I, so I put some money up, and I promoted a party. And I promoted a party actually in Queens, the Renaissance, and the following month at the Hotel Diplomat this, on in, 43rd Street. I remember the Hotel Diplomat. Mm-hmm. And 43rd Street, the Hotel Diplomat had never seen Grandmaster Flash. Mm-hmm. They had seen Hollywood, right. and they had seen uh, um, Eddie Chiba. But they never seen Flash because Flash is a dusthead. I mean, he wasn't a dusthead; I was a dusthead. (laughs) But he was a, he was a. um, His crowd was a little bit younger and more violent. Right. Mm -hmm. And we, I remember we had a show with Grandmaster Flash, and the first time Eddie Chiba agreed to perform with Flash because Eddie Chiba's a different type of nigga. He's like he would actually put on. He was, you know, he wasn't different caliber cat. Exactly. He was a showman. showman? Yeah, they were both showmen. mm -hmm. What the Furious Five and Flash was, they were showmen, Mm -hmm. and Eddie Chiba was too. But it was a younger. More, younger demo yeah younger With demo flash, they really yeah. didn't belong in the bar okay. we'd have bar guarantees a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars and they would drink up two thousand dollars and then you'd keep the door right. mm-hmm. and that's what we would do at the hotel diplomat and and we filled up two floors oh. and uh, it was a shootout and, and they got shot and fell in front of us. I'm not laughing like <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, I remember this vividly you know and the next day was no 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 papers or nothing so he got up and went left obviously but I had the box <laughs> with the money and I never yeah, That was when that cats story. got shot and they, and they left. And they they made it home. Yeah, they right? made it home. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. Yo, but Russell man what 22. was your first like
3: walk us through your first I don't know why we are talking about this we should be talking about spiritual we, we, matters. We are going through and all yoga. that shit but
0: this is what we do here. <laughs> you know man. What I'm saying but we I, should be talking talk, about yo, it. It, it's, your it's your journey too. It's your us, journey. Give us your spiritual experience. Or when you first experience hip hop, I just want you to walk us. through. Watching
3: Eddie Chiba and Charles pa- Charles Gallery was amazing. Uh, it was amazing, and then watching him at Small's Paradise every week was every time I would, I would get chills. Right, and, then and DJ Hollywood to come that. and stomp the joint out so crazy. Cause everybody, you know, we read about a lot of artists, but not about Hollywood. Hollywood was the nigga. Period. No matter what anybody tells you, Hollywood sold more tickets. He was the most valuable commodity, and he was the nigga that put the mic down, and the motherfucker would smoke, and no one would touch it. Mm. Mm. So that story of DJ Hollywood has not been told. He was, he and his DJ was Junebug. And, um, Junebug and Hollywood were by far the best. They cost the most. They sold the most tickets, and they were the most loved, beloved, and by far the biggest. I keep saying that over and over again because they made rap, they brought rap to the point where it was rap records. Mm. And Hollywood, um, he was the greatest. You know, he oh, still, I mean, they
1: just had to, you had to record Hollywood. He was just so dope. He was and just nigga, so ill. Right
3: down, Mama in Your Neighborhood. Yes, once again, it's the Hollywood. Now I work pretty hard, but before I quit, I want to give you some more of this Hollywood shit. Said I walk around without a care, spend money like a millionaire.
0: You see, I'm the man with the funky beat, so good, like sex every day of the week. And when I get
3: to heaven, I want you to know I'm taking high five and stereo. Come on! That motherfucker, man. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? He <laughs> was Russell that nigga is and, right and, now, and he was that great. Nobody could tell me, mm-hmm. and you know, and also, I mean, there was a lot of great rappers. Right? You know, we can't act like you know uh, Melly Mel and all the niggas. and wasn't great. Them was K- great but they, but they niggas ever, ever fix their face. Say they was Hollywood. Mm. So that's a funny thing because we don't talk about him. He didn't celebrate himself. You know, he's got a memoir now. He told me about. You know, and I i made sure VH1 honored him. Mm-hmm. But I wish, in fact, another nigga bought my book a third time they want to make my movie. Uh, the guy who made Moneyball, mm-hmm. who also made the Facebook movie, mm-hmm. Michael DeLuca. And so if that story is told, it's a coming of age of hip hop, then there will be a Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You know, and and uh, another movie I want to make, it, I'm making a lot of movies right now. That's uh, nice, uh, man. The Fever, Sal Abitiello. He brought what? all the niggas I'm talking about out the hood. And put them in a club. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you could not put Flash in a, car, a club with right. a bar. Right. But he did. So he brought the street. He the, brought everybody out of the park. Exactly. Until made the, into the, into the fever. disco fever. Mm-hmm. And Hollywood had played played there lots of nights too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Sal's story is great. The story I think that we're going to tell is about Junebug, Hollywood's DJ. Because Junebug was a great DJ, he was the best DJ. And he worked, he was the house DJ. Mm-hmm. And then Junebug would always have the cocaine. But little bits, you know, like you buy $100 of cocaine, he'd give you a half a quarter. Mm-hmm. You buy $50 of cocaine, he give you $100 of coke. Cocaine, he, didn't fuck. Cocaine, he, was, he was nice was... to everybody. Back then, cocaine was, you know, it was all it was niggas acceptable. Was cocaine I mean... and pussy, right? <laughs> so this nigga would give us the most coke. He was the most well-loved. Everybody loved him. And then he got murked. Mm-hmm. And that's like we all lost our innocence that next morning because they tied him up and brutally cut. He had some bricks coming or something. Fuck! They killed him and some other people who was close to us. And the next morning, we were all because I was Sal's best friend. Right. sounds like Casablanca, mm-hmm. the Italian guy, made guy, ran the club. He hung out with a nigga Crazy Eddie, who was known to have murdered many, many people. Mm. And Crazy Eddie was Sal's man, and he held that club down. Right. You know, it was not I me. Mean, no murders and nothing. Well, there were murders in the club, but nobody we cared about. <laughs> <laughs> they kill people and drag them off the floor, <laughs> and we we had to stop dancing for a bit, yeah. and then we get back to dancing. But that, the fever was a really, um, you know. You see the image of it in the in the crush groove. Anybody seen? Yeah, crush yeah, yeah, of course. That's exactly what it looked mm. like. And mm. Sal is Sal. He played mm. himself. Yeah, yeah. So, but Russ,
0: at this time, you're you're caught up in the, in the wave. You're caught up in the culture, but you're also focused on money.
3: No, no, it's focused on music. You know, I loved. It. I mean, Joombug made you got to believe for Starsky, or oh, right. I think David D made. He made game people play. He made some hip hop records. He remixed Heartbeat. Made Heartbeat sound the way it sound. Huh. He was like a really talented person, and he got murked, and that was a serious, you know, infringement on everybody's spirit, you know. But I was caught up on the music, right? And I loved, I mean, loved fucking with, you know, Curtis Blow finally getting a record out. All that was like a dream. Tell me you know, about
1: combat. You were telling me tonight, Curtis Blow, first dude signed to a major? You were managing him, and yeah, he was yeah. the first
3: signed rapper I signed. I'll tell you how we got him signed. Yeah. We had a record called Christmas Rapid. It was on mm. the shelf when huge. Rapper's Delight came out. That record was huge. When Rapper's Delight came out, we had Christmas Rapid on the shelf. But we started promoting in the clubs, and it was getting real hot in the clubs. Niggas wouldn't play. It was either punk rockers or niggas in the Bronx. Mm. You know, the, the, the Leviticus and Pegasus and all the, the little bushes clubs. No, on. They, they wouldn't player. even they, fuck with that, no rap that niggas. That disco shit. They, they not wouldn't play. even, that, them niggas was completely, that's what I used to hate. I used to hate the niggas in the record business. They'd have clutch bags and little Gator <laughs> shoes with no motherfucking socks on. <laughs> Scarf <laughs> handshakes? Yeah, all types <laughs> type of niggas, you know. And they and they hated us because we reminded <laughs> them of the truth. Mm-hmm. So we got around them, and there's a guy named Bill Haywood, God bless him. He, he checked out. He was an amazing Executive. He started giving me records to promote when Curtis Blow's Christmas rapping. Christmas rapping, let me tell you the story though. We put a fake order number on it. And the British A and the R director said, What is this record they're
4: ordering? <laughs> <laughs> he
3: reached around the niggas and signed Curtis Blow. A British guy mm-hmm. from England signed Curtis Blow to the American company. Mm. But then the executive in charge, Bill Haywood, took a liking to me. Right. I used to come to his office and I used to be high and I used to look all scraggly. We like me. we oh, be on that dust? I used to smoke a lot of water. Right, mm. I was a waterhead. Mm. Mm. I used to smoke water. I sniff a lot too, though. You know, because everybody's sniffing. But Turned I mean, up. I I smoked a lot of water. Mm. But I, used to, but I, mean, I wouldn't go to his office like completely. He was like the top nigga in charge. <laughs> and um, <laughs> black well, the music, at the time was not playing nowhere. Right. All the black music, I'd get like Gap Band, Burn Rubber, mm-hmm. and I get it on the radio after it was number one for eight weeks. Yeah, and the only way to get a record on the radio was go to the gay clubs. Mm-hmm. You had to go to the Paradise Garage, yes. the Loft, all those. There was like there was many of them, uh, the underground. There were many of them, and there yeah. were many DJs, and those reporting DJs added up to you know finality you know, the chart. And Frankie Crocker was standing over Larry Levan in the Paradise Garage, and one day, Larry Levan, who had a crush on Davy D, played Christmas Rabbit. Mm-hmm. in the, the next, garage. In the garage, in the, Paris the fucking garage. garage. And and Frankie Crocker was standing there, and the next day was Christmas Eve. And Frankie Crocker played Christmas rapping. Damn. He only played it two, three more times after that, but he played it mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve. And next thing I know, I was off to Amsterdam. <laughs> me and Curtis, no, for real, Amsterdam, was, it was hot. The right. record was on fire in Amsterdam. Right. So me and Curtis Blow, 1979, got on a plane and went to 79. Amsterdam. 79. Yeah, yeah, 79. Black Pete. Black we went Pete to, was rocking we out went to, to Amsterdam Christmas Amsterdam. And, I'm t- and they said, what would you like, Mr. Simmons? I said, i like some cocaine and some pussy. <laughs> and I, no, this is real talk. And and when he said absolutely, I knew I had arrived. Absolutely. The, he's the head of the red company. He said, of course. We're in Amsterdam. Yo, just, Russell. Cocaine and you're, pussy, you're, no problem. You're
0: in Amsterdam. It's yes. 1970. Could you imagine
3: I've been on a plane? Nigga lands in Amsterdam. Like, what? Rick Ross, I just landed in Rome, nigga. <laughs> nigga. I landed in Amsterdam, no, man. But, but what What is your dream? Like wh- I couldn't even fucking believe where I was or nothing. Right. I was the manager. Curtis Blow and I was there. It was our dream. We were thrilled, and ain't and it don't get no better than that. Getting off a plane in Amsterdam, fucking damn. Am- what, what? Weed stores. Weed, Weed stores.
1: But but you, you but sure. you, you haven't come down from then, huh? You haven't come down from then. What do you mean? You haven't stopped since then.
3: No, I mean uh, stop working, stop rushing,
1: stop stop, stop going to Amsterdam, stop blowing your mind, stop. A journey,
3: man. Well, the journey is a journey. It's a journey. I don't think that. You know, I don't think things make me happy or right. those experiences. It's the ongoing process that makes me happy. It's the journey. It's the journey. But I can honestly tell you, there was a moment when that nigga said, "Yes, you can have cocaine and pussy in Amsterdam." Because really, what else do you want in life? It's the I mean, first as stamp you on your, on your, on your, on your passport. I don't. I don't do cocaine anymore. No you know, I'm a vegan. I'm a monk. I don't do shit. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't. Use, I certainly don't use drugs. You, I don't. You, you eat pussy. I eat pussy. Yes, I eat pussy. Y'all eat pussy? Hell yeah, yeah, of course. Who don't eat pussy? <laughs> you, 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 in you eat in the room. Tell you me eat booty? <laughs> don't answer that. No, answer no. that. Um. I'm stuttering and shit I mean, <laughs> Sometimes your tongue It's a dance It's a dance You internet. know what <laughs> Russell <laughs> Rush ain't never
1: Russell Rush ain't never Been out of laws for words Rush. Ever Russell, no, Russell no, I'm sad not
3: something You really talk about On the radio right <laughs> 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 ass, No this, right? This, is on,
1: this is on the internet I like my ass
3: licked I tell you that uh, uh, I mean, uh, Cheers, cheers want, to that I'm not asking for too much Cheers, cheers to that My balls <laughs>
1: in my ass I tell you one thing. All that you do for the kids Fuck yeah Fuck yeah Exactly No, Russell I consider
2: you A supermodel Connoisseur, I want to call you like the black you Hefner. Oh, shit. you know, yes. like well, all I want to know, old for all, I know <laughs> is too, though, all I want to know, all this time, uh-huh. who is the most beautiful? Give me three most beautiful supermodels so in the world, man.
3: man. Also, different, you, you know, you last got night any? at got party You see that girl, Flaviana, mm. she's black African. You seen her, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah I, I found her.
0: I thought that was Lupita at first.
3: No, no, she, no it looks like Lupita, but she's she's pretty, Lupita. yeah, she's cuter. And when I met her, she was bald headed and she was just like 22 years old. She mm-hmm. just got, she just won uh, Miss uh, Tanzania. And she's so fucking beautiful. She's so beautiful. And, you know, and, and she's an example. And, and Miss Universe, a date, how she's really beautiful. Because yeah. I can I, I, I go through Noemi Leroy. Remember mm-hmm. the French girl, Noemi Leroy? Mm-hmm. She's very beautiful. Porsela was beautiful. I'm just gonna mention all black girls because they say I don't like black girls. You know, I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> for hours like, about You I do black like, girls. like black girls. <laughs> of course, right. I like I like Asian girls. When like Veronica Webb girls. was I like hot. Swedish girls. I like motherfucking. You know, Dutch girls. I like motherfucking <laughs> West Indian, East Indian. Russell, I like you know. I like. Don't we like you know? We like some of them hot. Russell and somebody and I don't like girls. I don't like girls who, who who wear fur. If I can help it, please. If you can wear it, don't wear it around anti-fur. me. Mm. Anti fur. Cause okay. i don't like you know they do the fur they rip the skin off animals while they're alive in ah. many cases mm. that way the fur shines mm. Mm. it's horrible i mean but i don't mean it that way i mean people who are aware or conscious of the suffering they cause and they continue to cause it they don't really stick with me right mm. you know and i, and I mean, can't I, fuck with that not and i don't and I, and I and i always end up with people who are like-minded in many ways mm. the girl mm. i've been seeing lately i met uh, she she's an older woman too, Shannon Elizabeth. I was seeing her. Mm. We're still real close. We never was like that's not my woman, but we've we've been public. We've been out a lot together.
0: Hold the hands.
3: Yeah, we've been we've been seen together. Yeah. You know, different places though. So I met her in animal rights uh, thing. Mm. You know, I used to, but first of all, I seen her in American Pie. I was like, oh shit, right? Yeah. But then I finally met her. She's a grown she's a grown woman now, right? right? She's still got this. You know, she's so almost like she wasn't that movie. She's pretty. Yeah. But what she really is is an animal rights activist and a very compassionate, sweet person. Uh-huh. You know, and that's what I, you know, and she don't smoke. She don't use drugs. You mm. know, she don't drink. So is animal like me. Well, Russell, Russell where,
1: where do you cruise with chicks? Whole Foods? Huh?
3: Where, where do you cruise for oh, for I, for I bros, live in right? Hollywood and I live in fashion.
1: Okay, so no Whole Foods then. Well, a regular nigga no, like no, me.
3: No pedestrian shit, Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. I'm thinking, but chicks and Whole Foods
1: eat organic cucumbers. <laughs> Russell's looking at really me. I'm really
3: looking good. I know how he's thinking. <laughs> do they eat ass is what you want to know, right? Yo, Russell. We've built it up Your Russell, how do you get
0: from... Curtis Blow mm. and Mercury mm-hmm. to fucking. You remember
3: his Mercury Records? Do you remember it was that? Mercury Records, man? Of course, yeah.
0: First rapper ever signed right. to a major label. That's right. Yeah. How know. do you fucking build an empire that is Def jam?
3: You go to work every day, keep your head down, enjoy your work. Right. You know the process was beautiful. But what's if the process? Like, like, what is People the process? People get sometimes the process. The process. You go to work like, like take day. And you take try us to, through those. As a manager, you do your best to right. give the artist every opportunity possible. Are you thinking Even label the as you manage They to him. make a movie. I had to figure out how to get them a movie made. It wasn't, oh, can I make my life story, you know, and could I get, you know, it was a problem at Crush Crew because Blander would play me. Which was Excuse whack. Me. and you remember that. Yeah, but, well, He's
0: not whack, but that was whack.
3: Yeah, but it was a problem for me every place I went because back then, like, I don't look as fucked up as I looked back then.
0: Oh, you look fucked up back then, man.
3: Back then I had a ball spot, you know what I'm saying? I was high all the time. Crazy I beard. Belly. I looked nutty. You was being. And though. they had Blander would play me. So every place I went, they be like, who the fuck is this nigga? They looking for Blair Underwood, <laughs> you know. The time I couldn't get laid for, you know what I'm saying? But I, on the, but on the real, like when when a girl knew me, I remember like Sherry Headley came sneaking around looking for Blair, mm. and I scooped up. So I knew that even though he was a pretty nigga, I still had my shit in order, you know what I mean? Of course. And so Sherry Headley, I remember that, and Blair Underwood, um, I had a big crush on. Her. She left me and went out with Eddie Murphy. Uh, she wasn't coming to America? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't fuck with Eddie Murphy. No, fuck no. Just like Black couldn't fuck with me. You know what I <laughs> mean? But she. But, 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 that, I don't but know Black gave that's, a that's, that's I don't know Black even gave a fuck. Because he, he was a pretty motherfucking
1: This is the question football that Combat game. is really trying to, to, to spool out. What are you trying to get to? How do you juggle all of the acts? I mean, is this really. You're your built I for the service of your act. artist?
3: I loved every act, and I was in service of the artist. But were you of I that mind state back then? Yeah, I loved the artists. I did anything to try to give the artists opportunity. And, so we're and talking
0: and about rush management. We're talking about rush, rush management. management. We're talking about Big Daddy King and, and L.O. Cool J and Big B and, and Rock Fresh I, I, Prince and PMD and all yeah. those motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you manage them?
3: Well, well, you know, we go to work every day and do our job. You know, wasn't, guys, wasn't
0: that shit frustrating?
3: No, you know, I liked them as people. <laughs> you know what I mean? I understand. I fucked with artists. And even now in Hollywood, and I got all these we shot three hundred videos in six months. Mm. And and now they're all turning to pilots. A lot of those web series are gonna be pilots. And and you know, I I enjoy working with the artists. Mm-hmm. The directors are a little nutty sometimes in some people's eyes, estimation. You know, um the, the comedians um sometimes people refer to them as more depressed as a group than right. any other kind of artist, right, right? right? So I work with a lot of you know, all kinds, you know. And I like people, I like artists. Mm-hmm. I love artists, and so I, you know, I I kind of get with them, you know. And I, I remember mad.
0: years ago, you said, "The bigger the artist, the bigger the headache."
3: Yeah, I think because years ago I probably felt that it mattered. Right. Now I don't give a. Fuck. What do you mean? What mattered? You know, you do the best you can, and you go to sleep. Right before yoga, before meditation, specifically, I used to think that if you made a bad choice. It was going to stick with you and hurt you forever. Right. So I learned that struggle makes you better. And operating from ease is all you can do. There's nothing else you can do. You know, and and, and and none of it's going to take away your bliss. None of it can take away your joy unless you give it away. Mm -hmm. So you do the best you can. you You try especially to protect other people. Right. And if you're not so worried, you don't have to protect yourself so much because you ain't really that fearful. People are worried. You make the wrong decision for them. It's hurtful. Were you them. worried? Back then, I used to worry right. more. You know what I mean? Yeah, I used to worry more. What would you, you know? worry about? Man? Like, for instance, they said, what's your greatest regret? I used to say, losing the Beastie Boys. <laughs> Always used to say that. That, that mm-hmm. fucked I, you
0: up. I, that fucked you up, though, back then.
3: Yeah, but you know what that I
0: mean? That was big, though, for you to yeah, lose. I mean, yeah. I, don't want you, I don't want to dwell on it, but I, want, walk, dwell on I, want, I want to walk like the audience through that.
3: Yeah, and I lost him, and I said, oh, I lost the Beastie Boys. That's fucked up. The company's damaged, you know. Um, and then, now I think about it. i think, like, so what? We learned a lot you know they became my friends later um not too much later either because i was never really it was really rick rubin and, and leo that couldn't get along right leo was, was the manager right and rick was and i with a record company and leo was trying to get them a big movie at a big studio and rick wanted to direct a movie and that was one of the issues and also every artist not every single one but most artists struggle with success because success is not what it's cracked up to be in other words. I always tell you this. I, I mean, I will tell everybody this that you know, money or success does not make you happy. It right. mostly makes you sad, mm-hmm. unless you can manage it, and even then, unless you give it away, it doesn't make you happy. Mm-hmm. It ha- does very little for the spirit, if anything at all. So, not honest doesn't
0: do anything for the spirit either. Though. He's still dead, <laughs> he's Trust, but, but yo, getting money though.
3: getting money, and if you've been working, say, imagine you're a Jehovah Witness. I'm not gonna name the artist. Mm-hmm. You're a Jehovah Witness. You're not really a street nigga. You're kind of scary when the street come, but you're a poet. You write beautiful songs. Some of the songs are inspired by what you see in the street, new kind of street, but you're not really violent like that.
0: You talking and, about an artist that was signed to Def Jam?
3: And then after you get hot, you realize all the shit I've been fighting for, which is success, but you're really fighting for accept, sharing your gift. Wait, I want to know who was the Jehovah Witness. the expression.
0: Who was a Jehovah Witness, the expression Russell? The is
3: beautiful. Who was a so Jehovah you wanted, Witness? You, you were was fighting slick to rig? get it out.
0: Slick Rick was a Jehovah no, Witness? No, he was not. But <laughs> Who then, are we talking I, about? I can't do that, man. I'm but this, but do... this person was signed to Def Jam.
3: Yeah, well, no, he was signed to an act, a label. Okay. Don't to worry about a label. But then, the minute you get hot, you get your Rolls Royces and your money and all that the shit. Rolex. Does it feel like, damn, this is life. You get sad because you have worked for this, and you somehow attach value to that mm. instead of value to your art. And your gift was the prayer. The work is the prayer, and the response is just a response. But when you put faith in the response, you drive the Rolls Royce around the corner and you park the motherfucker and say, "Damn it, don't mean nothing." After that, you can get up and just stick a nigga in the throat with your knife. (laughs) You can shoot at a motherfucker. You can do anything. You don't give a fuck. You get shot at. You tell them, "I don't give a fuck," and you really don't give a fuck because you've lost. The appreciation of life because you've lost the meaning of life. Uh-huh. And the meaning of life was the work itself. This service to give people your art was what made you happy. And then now you got the results of that and you attach value to that. And you're stuck. You rapped about the, money. Right. You rapped about cars. Now you got money and cars. What the fuck else? And that happens to almost every single artist. Uh-huh. There's these moments of, of um, depression or, or at least disenchantment with life. Because you get the shit you think is valuable. How did you and handle you find your depression? Out it's not valuable. How
0: did you handle your depression then?
3: I didn't go through it. Right. Man, I was high. I don't know. Man, I missed it. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I love my work a lot. Right. You know, and um, I I didn't really buy a lot of junk. I didn't buy shit.
1: How did you handle the people that were getting that depression? Because you took a lot of acts and you Always
3: gave- managed, always managed them through it. The Beasties went through it especially hard. Mm. The Beastie Boys had a period after their first album was fucking nuts. Right. And they were going through a very difficult, difficult time. And Leo and Rick fighting over them didn't help. And they just had a very, not, very hard time at not, that time. How was and, that, though? That, we mismanaged them. Because right. I was young. I mismanaged that process. Mm-hmm. And I lost them. Mm-hmm. How, but how crazy
0: is it? But I learned a lot. I remember I read your autobiography. And you talked about the rift between Leo. and... And Rick, and you said you were going crazy because your quote unquote Jews were
3: fighting. Each other. <laughs> That's a funny right? thing to say. <laughs> My Jews were now, fighting. Now,
0: now what, but was that giving you stress? Because here you are trying to build something <coughs> well, with these know, people that are very talented and qualified. Yeah, and they're going at it.
3: Right? Well, it's right. always going to be that. Right. You know, you're always going to have you know obstacles or a puzzle right. to put together in life. Right. The difference is today I view these challenges as just like a puzzle. It's like do your best. Mostly it'll work out, and if it doesn't work out, it still works out. It's always gonna work out. You know, and, and I always say trust in perfection. It's the idea, is why we meditate, so we can trust in perfection. Accept where we are and move forward. Russell, you get pissed off? Um, not as much.
0: But what does a, a pissed off Russell do?
3: Like, do you scream he at motherfuckers? I don't do shit, I ain't gonna bust a grape. I ain't but, but do you But sc- did you
0: scream at motherfuckers?
3: I used to scream all the time. Yeah. I was like a junior Dame Dash. <laughs> Why is that funny? I'm serious. I used to yell a lot, just like Damon. I love Dame. Right. I love Damon to this minute. You know, um, I think he's brilliant. Uh he was he, he had he he did a lot of great things for this industry. He brought Kanye to Deaf Poetry. remember when we signed Kanye mm. and when he brought Kanye, he said, Russ, this is the nigga right here. Uh-huh. So you put it, put him on your comedy, your poetry show. I said, All right, I didn't even know who he was. I had already signed the contract because Dame said so, mm. you know, so we signed Kanye, and Damon brought him. He brought you know when jay z signed he came in he was the one he when 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 I was doing my clothing company, Damon came to me and said, "How can I distribute my clothes? Who can manufacture? I took him around the corner and made a deal with him and the Russians, uh-huh. the ones who were not supposed to do anything but my company. Mm. I gave him my resource, and I moved my company to another company because he couldn't have two companies. Right, but course. I gave him a break to do it, because I really wanted to see more people like him doing it. You know what I mean? And, and you know, it was a collective that made that movement happen, right. not one company. Right, right. Um, I saw Damon build Rockaway. I saw Damon build Kanye. I saw Damon work his ass off for Jay-Z. I saw him with Dipset. I saw him make that movie. We can't ever front on that movie. I saw the fight. But I saw Damon, for instance, in the fight with Harvey Weinstein, and and Bob Weinstein, and and I went which, over there which, to which fix, the problem. Which to the, fix the, the problem. Which movie we talking about? I went to fix the Dynasty You're talking about no death? no, no fuck we're talking that. about
0: the woodsman. Oh, the, what state
3: property? The, the crazy movie, the crazy one. no? The movie about the niggas in Harlem, the Harlem. Oh, movie. pay the full. Oh, that's oh a movie. pay the full. That's, that's crazy. a movie. Yes. I saw him make that movie. Chuck Stone with, with Charles Stone, and talk himself out of his distribution mm. by yelling at them. Mm. I've seen that happen.
0: And they were not a. a
3: they're not used Custom. to being yelled at, motherfuckers. By, ain't by anybody, especially black like
1: But hold on a second. Russ, d- do you ever change your voice when you go to the wine scene? Like, I feel like I've never seen you not have
0: this voice. I don't. What do you mean? You like, know what? Hold on, hold on. Daytuan Thomas. I like that. Guy. Last night at your book. What do you say? He said he's traveled with you, and he's never seen you code switch. He's never seen you change how you talk to anybody. You could be talking to cats from the hood one way. And you talk to some white cats the same way? I,
3: I don't. You know, I mean, I like people to understand what I'm saying. Right. I'm mean, gonna I say something that they don't understand at all. I. Mean, right. I speak but to, I you know,
0: think that's what you were asking, right? Right. right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I yeah. I
3: don't. You really, don't switch it you, up. You, you, don't, you
1: don't. have a Russell White well, voice. I talk to Jeffrey. I have Russell Black I don't voice speak a different
3: language, you know. Right. Or if I speak to the rabbi or to the imam or, or if I speak to some, you know, I mean, I don't curse a lot. A lot of religious people. Right. I, I, I. You know, I went to see the, the 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 Grand Mufti of the Palestinian people. I ain't call him a nigger. Right. And I went to see the the chief rabbi of the Israeli people in Israel either. I didn't call him no nigger neither. Right. But, but Rabbi Sniah, who I work with every day, that's my nigga. That's <laughs> your nigga. <laughs> He is the chairman of the World <laughs> Jewish Congress, but we do work together. Right. Where we get imams and rabbis in 40 countries together. Mm. 40 countries. We have imams speaking in synagogues and rabbis speaking in mosques. And in Israel, we have 30 programs where they have this exchange of pulpits and they promote uh, peace between themselves because the religious people are being blamed when the majority of religious people are comfortable and could be made. When I was invited by Shimon Perez to go to Israel to speak at his president's conference, I said, I'm only going if I can promote my program, which I have in 37 countries at the time. He said, yeah, we have many Indonesian imams. I said, no, nigga. I didn't call them that. <laughs> Palestinian imams. Mm. And they didn't believe we could do it, but we have those programs. Mm. And we also have the chief rabbi and the Grand Mufti And Simone
1: Perez agreed.
3: He he had a program with he, with, with Palestinian and Israeli kids, which mm-hmm. I visited. And Shimon Perez is a you know a man who promotes peace and but he didn't know that our programs would be successful in Israel. Right. And it's a good gateway because the politicians are the ones keeping the dialogue from moving forward, not the religious leaders. Certainly mm-hmm. not the Grand Mufti nor the the um um What's the chief? The chief rabbi of Israel, who Rabbi Metzger, is a man who wants peace. Uh-huh. So that's an interesting dynamic that's not discussed. The religious people could could engage in dialogue and could promote peace. It's the politicians who cannot. Uh-huh. Russell,
0: how 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 possible is world peace, man? Well, because we've been at war from day one. No, I, mankind but has but had conflict. Each
3: individual has to promote peace in his own heart. Yes. And be part of a process. I, I believe and that each individual then rubs off on another. Right. But our only, you know, I mean, not to be selfish, but if we have our own peace, then we're part of a. like white blood cells and red blood cells. You know what I'm saying? Decide on what your practice is. Decide on what side of you know peace or compassion or love that you're on. That's what you got to decide on your own, and then you got to keep trying to live up to the promise to be who you are. Uh, no one wants to believe that they uh the bad link, but there are people who are more selfish and less compassionate, and, and, and it's obvious, and there are people who are more selfless and more giving, and it's kind of obvious to us as individuals. We see what we see, whatever it is, however blinded we are, and so we want to be the ones who are selfless and giving. We want to be more like that. Every one of us, I think, has that in our heart. So let's each individual do it.
1: Nas and Cameron are friends now.
0: Mm. I mean, we're on our way. Your rush. I remember (laughs) back
3: in the day, man, you
0: know, I would see you in the clubs with Andre Harrell and a young Puff. And it looked like y'all was mentoring him.
3: Well, Andre did more mentoring than me. Right. Uh, I spent a lot of time with Puff early on. I saw him, you know, as a person who he was relentless. Right. I remember getting on the Stairmaster. This is a story I told about 100 times. I'm on a Stairmaster brand new machine, and I'm on it. I've been on it for like three, four months now. and I'm, I'm nice with my Stairmaster game. <laughs> and here comes this young nigga, you know. And I wasn't mad. I'm, I'm 56 now. I was young, right? So 35 years old, whatever. Whatever, I don't know how many years it was. But he gets on the Stairmaster beside me. And he said, I, I can beat you at this. I said, nigga, you can't possibly fuck with me on this machine. I've been on uh-huh. this shit for months. Right, you can't possibly. So he's five minutes into his Stairmaster, and he's sweating like a slave. And I'm just like, all right, we we're just getting started, motherfucker. I'm gonna let you know where your young ass out, and he, <laughs> and he's on the stairmaster, and I'm on the stairmaster, and I said I'll fix his Volkswagen if he wins. Mm. This motherfucker, my everything hurt the next day. Y'all was <laughs> running, y'all was actually running, on just it. on the stairmaster, right, right, right. but he stayed on that shit for an hour and twenty minutes. God damn. And an hour and twenty minutes, now people can do it, right. but for a nigga who can barely do five minutes. Mm. He was relentless. I know he was in the craziest pain mm. the next day. Mm. But he would not quit. Mm-hmm. That's how Puff is. It's a good Puffy story because that's him. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Did um, Who surprised you the most in this industry, man? Who came to you and you <sighs> maybe didn't see that much potential and then they surprised the fuck out of you? I don't
3: know. Um, you know what's funny? Montel Jordan would make a hit every year. Mm-hmm. For like five years, every time he thought, Montel might not make another hit. He'd make another one <laughs> before he hit. I know it's not that's not a, I shouldn't say, because it's like saying he did not, because he did, he wrote great songs right. for other people as well. I'm trying to think of who, I didn't really sign anybody that I love or think was great. Um, I think everybody was smarter than me about what became my favorite band, mm, which Public, Academy. Public mm. Enemy. Mm. Mm. Public Enemy. Public Enemy, because I first heard them, I liked them. I thought they were like an alternative band, and I was listening to, I was in a lot of punk clubs. Hip-hop was alternative. Of course. They were perfect alternative people. And they sound like Def Jam, but Def Jam didn't sound like a big hit. Mm-hmm. In other words, making Suck MC was for me. Mm. Fuck when niggas going to say. Me and my mans in them is going to like this, mm. and nobody else going to know what the fuck is going on. So Suck MC is an example, just like Public Enemy's record, an example. Yeah, I like it. You know, I do it for me, uh, but I don't see any commercial potential. Mm. And then it grew into something much greater than we could have imagined. Mm-hmm. And people liked it you know and, white, and white
0: people liked it
3: Well, yeah we yeah, but, but we did that all day long cuz we really i where i got rap played was either the south Bronx Harlem or the punk rock clubs it was the Ritz the Peppermint lounge the Mud Club danceteria danceteria bond these, 45 right all of the clubs downtown uh-huh. midtown niggas hated us ain't fuck with us and so Leviticus and Pegasus and bentleys, bentleys oh, i hated
0: bentleys you're Silver Shadow. For a I've been around Silver for a Shadow, all that Red kind
3: Parrot. Of, red, oh, my God, you know all that? Them niggas wouldn't fuck with Red Parrot, so we'd book it uh-huh. and we could do a, a party with it. Silver Shadow. Oh, man, you remember <laughs> all that shit? Fuck, <laughs> you niggas must be nigga. I used to
0: hang out in the garage, I, I,
3: B. Oh, my God, how old are you?
0: Me, I'm in my 40s. Really? Yeah,
3: funny story is,
1: I worked at a club on, on West House. I worked for you in 89,
0: dude. You used to come through the back door, Russell. Andy Tavel. Really? course. Fought to get me. I'm the back door. At Def Jam,
3: really? <laughs> yes,
0: in '89,
3: Andy and, and I
0: worked there from September and you didn't want to hire December. him. You told him and, he could intern. Yeah, Eddie, uh, <laughs> uh, Andy was like, "Yo, you got to hire." What this did you kid. do? I was, I just came out of law school, and I worked You're with. You're a Andy. lawyer. Yes, and, I, never worked with, and I worked with. Thought you And I worked no, with Andy. No, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell, tell you. I worked with you for like four months, and then I went to study for the bar, and I came back. I remember walking in, and
3: Andy was gone, and
0: Andy was gone. And Carmen Ashurst was, like, looking at me like I was a fucking ghost. So I was like, what the fuck is the problem? So she pulled me in the office, and she was like,
3: Andy's gone. Andy's gone. So Who was it? Frank Cooper was in charge. No, nah, not yet. Frank Cooper became um, Not yet. Look at that nigga.
0: Andy was gone, and she was like, you got to go. Damn. So, like, I worked at Def Jam for four months.
3: That's a funny story.
0: But after those four months, I had Def Jam on the resume. And, and that's man. when I started popping, and I represented Jay-Z. I went on to represent Jay-Z. I did their first deal at Priority. So I've been around, man. So but but this is all thanks to you. And None y'all was, y'all was, y'all And y'all and y'all was paying me 250 a week.
3: Jesus. 250.
0: Now the bone I had to pick That up, seemed you know, like a kind of like job call. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Unless you talking about 250. $250. <laughs> right. That's kind of low. It was low
0: and Andy was I like, "Yo, Russell, you, you got to pay him. He's a black lawyer and he's like, "Fuck it, I pay him."
3: That's amazing. Yeah. There's a story right there. Now, I'm going to tell you. You mean you got history. That's yeah, funny as I'm well. saying,
0: I remember you had the knee pads in the office. Knee pads? You had knee pads to in girls? the office. No, no, you had the knee pads in the office. What the, the hell is he talking about? You do a knee pad. Be, because you <laughs> knee had a pad. falling out with Arsenio. That's my nigga. No, you had a, a fall. <laughs> look, you you probably don't remember this shit. You had a falling out with Arsenio, and then you was trying to get LL on an on a Arsenio Hall show. And Arsenio wasn't fucking with you. And he was relentless in terms of like, yo, come on, man. I I, I don't know what you did to piss him off.
4: That's my nigga, too. But he I wasn't
0: fucking with you. So you went all out, and finally he gave you that shot and put L.L. on the show. And then I we think- We talked
3: about it I was on the show. I about think LL. for Christmas,
0: the staff bought you some knee pads. That's because of Because funny. of the Arsenio. You don't remember this shit? No. So you threw the knee pads out.
3: That's crazy. I don't even remember that shit. It's so funny, though. But I- Damn, that's what I'm saying about that water. That <laughs> <laughs> shit you don't remember a lot. Now, now the shit that used to piss it me sounds off. Sounds now more familiar, but yeah, I don't remember the man. details. So you don't have
0: the knee pads no more?
3: No, I don't. You know what My brother, I do not. No, but... Mister said, no, my brother, I do not. I tell you, the thing that pissed
0: me off the most working at Def Jam is when I worked there when uh, Third Base was, was about to pop. What was wrong with them? And you, you, we was working towards the the Cactus album, and search would be in that fucking office every day, my nigga, this, my nigga, that, and saying that shit all in my face. And I'm an intern, and I couldn't say nothing. And Sir, I was like, these motherfuckers. I love that nigga. <laughs> these motherfuckers. <laughs> they, and I, I felt like cool. you gave him the license to say that I shit. I didn't give him a license. He, but you be like, yo, search out. my nigga. Got nigga. But you be like, search nigga my nigga. You <laughs> he <laughs> he work Detroit radio. You can't be no more <laughs> nigga
3: than working Detroit radio. I don't <laughs> give a fuck. But they don't bother me. I mean, I'm sure that some people would be really upset to hear right. MC Search. I'm probably he probably his wife Chantel, who is the absolute motherfucking boss. Mm-hmm. You see them niggas together? Mm-hmm. Have you ever I, seen Search and then Chantel? Yeah he's quiet. He's quiet like a mouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that motherfucker game. he can't That nigga can say nothing. So I'm sure he can't use the word nigga no more because Chantel no, probably don't nah, he, and, and, and I think he's grown out of that. He's, grown out of that. he's he, grown out of that he became I mean I used to go to Detroit all the time and he was the radio disc jockey. The nicest guy on the planet. No. I always loved search. You know, and I guess he was just trying his best to be. He made Gas Face, and look what he said on it. Mm-hmm. Said a lot of real positive shit. I, nobody white would have said that, mm. what he said. Tell the niggas make a gas fight to the little white lies. Remember the city? Yep. He said yeah, on yeah, that yeah. record? So, Search is a good dude. Well, I don't remember. If, yeah, I can imagine he might have, he oh, must have all said. He was all up in there with the high
0: day. top fade, and I was looking at him. <laughs> <like> I was <laughs> just trying to Punch be there. you in your big white face. <laughs> <laughs> but at
3: the gas phase, you gave him a little pass, right? he said some real You know, I'm in the gas face shit. video. You in the gas I'm, in the, I'm the
0: dude with the afro, and then they pull the afro off, and I'm the bald dude.
3: Oh, you stupid. He's still bald. He's yeah, still, yeah, bald. Yeah, 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 I'm still bald. Yeah, he's <laughs> still
0: bald. Russell, man, you know. Oh, we
3: got a long history. That's you, funny. You, you, you hear the all these page. stories
0: about cats like yourself coming in the industry yeah. and building something. Yeah. And, you know, back in the days, man, there's a lot of shady motherfuckers in the industry. Anybody ever tried to shake you down?
3: You mean like threaten me? Threaten you, shake you I'm down. I'm not a bitch type of nigga. I'm, a, I'm not scary. I'm not right. gangster. Both of my wrists are bad. Right. I can't even fall. I used to fall gracefully into a back bend and stand up. And, I, and when I do chaturanga, I have to do it like this, which is the push-up kind of upper mm. dog thing. So when the left wrist is fucked up and the right wrist, I almost lost it. I had a terrible accident. It's in my book. So I can't hurt nobody. I ain't going to hurt nothing. Right. But I really can't be extorted because I'm not really scary like that. If you let me go, I'm telling
1: <laughs>
4: if you say, "Oh,
3: nigga, when I see you, you better have," so I'm telling right now. The now. I'm calling the mayor. I'm calling the fucking governor.
1: Now you calling your fucking shooters? Stop yeah, it! Calling, calling
3: no the rabbi. We trying to let no shooters know. That's what I try to do it. There was a moment when one of these people threatened me. There was a moment, and then a lot of niggas was seeing him on Jamaica Avenue in the long fucking whole side of the country walking around on Jamaica Avenue. It was like eight niggas about to murk him. Mm-hmm. I, and I, The last thing I want to do is owe somebody to kill somebody right. Over something I can solve with a conversation And, and I mm. would imagine mm. Motherfuckers
0: so, would jump up and be like yo we'll kill him Russell
3: uh, No we don't Guess what they doing t- right now <laughs> No wait how the fuck <laughs> do we find them We didn't have cell phones right? So for me You know I, I've always tried to stay out of trouble You know what I mean I don't want to cause no trouble If you somebody said, call, thinks huh? I cause trouble I call them up immediately If they got to beef me I come looking for them And tell them what you, what's the problem and they say the problem is, nigga, you making money, you owe me money. I said, well, you are gonna have to murder me because I'm not giving up a quail for nothing. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm not scary like that. Right. But I'm not threatening, but I'm not scary. Right. So I never really had that. Shug- that did did, did
0: Suge ever try to lean on you, man? I don't really feel leaned on. Right. You mm. know, I move out the way you fall or something. I ain't fucking trying to hurt nothing.
3: But I'm not gonna try to get hurt either. You know, mm. in other words, mm. i You know, I mean, it's possible, I guess, to take my watch, but I don't ca- I don't got a watch. Right. Mm. You can take what I have with me. You know, I'm calling. I'm still telling. I'm telling immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Instantly, I'm fucking snitching. I don't even know why. I don't even call it snitching. I'm telling. I'm telling (laughs) on you. I'm going to call everybody, too. I'm not going to call no gangsters. I know a lot of gangsters. Mm from all walks of life. But I would never call none of them because I don't need them.
0: And it seems, Russell, that you stayed in touch. Like, most cats want to get out the hood and forget the hood. I want to build
3: programs around this country to stop violence. We have peacekeepers in 25 cities, that, right. thank God, Captain Dennis is running, and we have people like Erica Ford, and we got I like know, Erica. programs like Man Up, Right. and we have programs around the country that you know. And we have we always have our annual two times a year Mothers for the Deceased dinners, and you know I just like to 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 at least be a part of the work that they do in these communities because it's it's so terrible the violence. Like I'm going to Chicago to teach kids to meditate. I'm gonna go get Rahm Emanuel and the Chancellor.
0: Better get Chief Keef too. <laughs> get Chief Keef to meditate, B. Yeah,
3: well, for B- real. But
1: you know, speaking on this, this brings me back to when we had the East Coast, West Coast difficulties. Now, when, you know, people have always had. Be- I feel
3: like I should have solved that. I feel bad that I didn't get involved when I could have.
0: Did you have an opportunity? I eventually,
3: did I got everybody to go to Farrakhan's house? But did you have an opportunity eventually. to? Eventually, when mm-hmm. it was popping, or was you after paying Biggie's attention deaf, to? After Biggie's death, though, right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. It's when I got everybody at Farrakhan's house. But before that, <laughs> right after Biggie's death, Tupac had I died already had a too. Relationship with everybody, right? But 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 and I but never didn't, and but, I always had a good relationship with everybody.
0: But that was unforeseen,
3: like that that Tupac. Yeah, but I felt guilty a little bit, like mm. I should have done. Could something.
0: you see people coming into the
1: industry though that really weren't that were really bringing? That I street
3: seen, aspect? I've seen real street niggas come in. You know, we've seen them all. We've seen them. It was always and always good to me. I, I had a company that was kind of. I didn't realize how scary they were. And they're still running around. They never had any trouble. It was so nice.
0: Was <laughs> to so you. Nice. Nice to you. No,
3: but t- they seem nice to everybody. They seemed right. like we're about our business. And, you know, we do what we do on the side. But we're in the record business. We're very gentle to everybody in the record business. But I noticed that threatening rap, rap niggas never really said nothing out this. Nothing. Mm. Mm. Nothing. Like mean, fuck, what happened? They wouldn't say nothing to them. No matter who threatening, the most threatening people that we've heard of in the record business would be really nice to these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, and they used to, and they brought us Domino and and Moken Step and all of them. Mm-hmm. I have to think of the name of the company. It was a big West had, Coast. It was a West Coast company. Right. Really nice guys. The name was Anti. His name was anti, was nice. I, I've learned <laughs> you
0: got to watch out for the nice guys.
3: He's the nice guy to the planet. Yeah. You know this was real nice is Bill Underwood mm-hmm. right We know who Bill Underwood yeah he's very nice because people so when I, when I say that to say that the real gangsters never come in and record business and shake people down, is it you know and 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 they never come in they, they just come to want to be around something different and maybe find a new way out. And, and the other guys, the big mouths and the threatening guys, they're not really that threatening mm-hmm. when it comes to real guys. Right. Mm-hmm. They only threaten to, you know, to record niggas, you the know, artists and, and, and poets and shit. Mm-hmm. They scare poets to death, but not real people who threatening. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. what I think.
0: You're Russell, man, I know this might be a silly question, man, but you you miss married life?
3: I would get married again, mm. you know. I would get married again. I mean... Do I miss my last marriage? It's 15 fuck, years. No. no. But, but I'm saying, same? do you, do you 15 miss... 15 years. Who <laughs> do you know wants to fuck the same woman 15 You need new pussy. I mean... <laughs> but, but, that,
0: but that, that, but but that is a marriage, though. I mean, that uh, is a marriage.
3: My best friend in the world is Kimora Lee Simmons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's the greatest mother, a big inspiration, support system for me and life and in general. Love her to death. And, and uh, getting married again, you know, it, I mean, shit. If I stay married to her, and the fuck, I mean, i, mean, I got to find somebody I really love, you know. Right. Um Hopefully there'll be, you know, kindred spirits, you know I mean? you know, I don't know where that's going to come from. Was a, was the
0: divorce know? tough on you, man? Because uh, they say that's right. one of the most it traumatic was, experiences for a man. It wasn't
3: too bad because after 15 years, we like, okay. Right. You know what I mean? It's I like, Rick's, I'm just plain sick of seeing you. Right? <laughs> right? We'll make it with that. <laughs> <laughs> but we weren't sick of seeing each other. We are best friends. We just... You know, it's over. You
2: necessarily don't even need to probably maybe even get married again. You no, know, some I would people... like to, though. I think I would.
3: Right. Yeah. I think I would love to find. I want to go home and read scripts. I got yeah. so many scripts to read and so many movies and TV projects and so much work to do. And I like my work. And um, it's chicks is a lot of work. Yeah. Uh-huh. Chicks is a lot I've of I've
0: been work
2: divorced hard. before and I find that I have a better relationship with her now that when, you know, That's not good together. because if you have kids, yeah, we have, it's a job daughter.
3: to be best friends uh-huh. with your ex wife. It's your fucking job yeah. and if you can't do that it's selfish mm. no matter how difficult they are if you shut up when you're married you can't shut up when you're free you free now nigga just okay okay <laughs> just say okay the fuck you've been saying okay in the mm. crib but all day is the same answer yes mm-hmm. now you can say yes and hang up the phone and really think to yourself no mm-hmm. <laughs> and think no once you hung up no mm-hmm. but you say yes because it's, it's easy mm-hmm. and as a person who's the mother of your child you should always respect her and and try to love her the best you can,
4: yeah.
3: Despite yeah. what she gives you back, and mostly, if you love somebody long enough and you're good enough to them, they got to give you back something good too. Sure.
2: Uh-huh. I tell you, speaking on, on on even just kids in general, you know, I'm I'm a father of a teenage daughter, and so are you, you know, right, you know. I, I, I
3: hate 14. She just turned 14. Yeah, my daughter's gonna be 14 it's next nuts. month. She just got a phone. That's how much yeah. Kimora's on yeah. on her shit. That's how tough Kimora is. Uh-huh. I, I think that young, Instagram. She's a
1: tiger. She's a tiger. Mom. You oh need you. God. Pete, you need to bring your daughter to Kamar. Kimora oh, yeah. She
3: had a foot on my neck for at least fifteen years. Oh, she mm-hmm. was tough on you. She's tough mm. in general. Was and it? Was it? Was it the Asian thing? No, not Asian. It's just you know she's just um, a disciplinarian. She mm-hmm. want a shit in order.
0: And you didn't like that shit.
3: No, it was not. That's not what it was. We we all right. She was always tough, but that was okay. I think it's just after a while, you know, it just fades. I'll and you stupid to stay. Niggas, I can never say, you never can tell somebody to break up with somebody. Right. But there is this truth that people don't uh, respect. This truth that after a certain amount of years, it, it's gone. And there are people who, some people fight all the time. Right. I heard somebody tell, there's a guy who stated, Kamara's mother, that shit cannot ex-husband be lives with me in L.A. Mm-hmm. 77 years old. My nigga gets up at 4.30 and runs, goes running. Mm. And goes to hot yoga with me at the end of the day. I don't fuck. he's <laughs> in great shape. But anyway, I heard Victor, his friend was sitting there. His friend's, like, really old, but, you know, older. But Victor's young, kind of, young-spirited. Young, old. He could run his dick up in some of the girls I bring in my friends. <laughs> and, you know, they're young already for me. <laughs> and he could do it if right. he want to. Mm-hmm. He's a fly motherfucker. But Victor was sitting there, and his man was telling him, you know, you ain't shit. You've been married three times. You never stayed with no girl. You know, I've done my whole life with her. Uh. And he said, Victor told his motherfucker, he said, nigga, in 50 years, I never heard him say one fucking good thing about you." <laughs> <laughs> you stupid motherfucker. You <laughs> wasted your whole life with this bitch. Mm. And it was the funniest argument I've heard in my life because he meant it, though. He was joking, like laughing, but I never heard him say one nice thing about you. Mm. <laughs> so if you stay in that kind of hell your whole life, you know what I'm saying? you will feed each other poison back and forth. It's kind of shocking to me. Niggas do that, though, all the time. Mm-hmm. So kids can sense that, too. It don't say to carry that weight with you because the kid is carrying
2: that. Right. I'll tell you, we as men, you know, get uh, even the good fathers, but, you know, we got to take upon us. You know, we get a bad name for, you know, not being there for a lot of our kids, you know. It doesn't matter even if we are. I like, mean, like I take it personally, like we need to be better as men.
3: Of course, you know? always. Um, and you know, can always be better. Yeah,
2: so, so being that, you know, you have teenage kids, being, you, know, you have daughters or whatever, just being kids, I mean, you know, just being who you are. What would be the message that you would give that I would want to know and all listeners and just the world and young men having kids would want to know about, you know, parenting?
3: It's a sacrifice that you have to make. And you, and the more you make it, the more joy you get from yes. it. If you don't make the sacrifice, you don't get the joy. So you've got to be there because it's only a short time that they really need you. And you've got to be there when they need you. And, and, and it, you know, it makes you whole. If you don't be there, there's something missing.
1: They'll always need you.
3: There's a you. hole in you if you miss it. They'll always miss you or need you, but there's a moment. When they really need you. They really need you. Yeah. You know, you know in the early teen years, when they're the craziest, when they have the most difficulty, you know, and the whole relationship with men in general is affected by their relationship with you. Uh-huh. So you got to give them love.
0: Mm. Russell, you, you live in L.A. right now. Yeah. Um, you come. How, how do you think about, how do you feel about New York right now, man?
3: I like New York. You know, I mean, I like it. I mean, right. I like LA now. I like my style. I get up, I mean, my lifestyle. I get up, I meditate. I go over to my kids' house. I meditate with them. Mm. I take them to school. I come down the hill. I tell stories. This whole movie TV thing is new to me. Like I made movies, a lot of them, right? But it was years ago. And TV, I made some, but now I'm making a lot.
0: So you you're know? excited. You're excited. It's excited, about this. right? Mm-hmm. It's
3: exciting. Yeah, you know. And uh, but the, but
0: coming back to New York, all Deaf
3: digital is really exciting to me. Right. Cause I say yes every fucking day. Somebody comes in and says, "I want to make this show about these thirty-four-year-old models and they're starving, and and um, this director's gonna shoot it, and it's gonna." Be, here's the script. So okay, I talk to the ball. I call them up to ball. Go make the motherfucker. Mm.
4: <laughs>
3: Go make it. Mm-hmm. Go say yes. You know. So that's that, to me being able to say yes. You know, to writers and actors, and every Wednesday I sell out a theater and I make white people watch black comedians. Mm-hmm. Every fucking week. Why? Because when Martin and Jamie and Cedric and Bernie and Chris and Steve Harvey and Dave Chappelle and Bill Bellamy and I mean I can go on. There's a lot of them. Tracy Morgan. Mm. You know. Also, we used Kevin Hart and we used JB Smooth. When they all happened, it was one moment where the agents stood by the stage and borrowed these people and integrated them into Hollywood. Mm. Since then, integration is a foreign idea in Hollywood. Oh,
1: Kevin Hart is, do-
3: is-, is all on him. Kevin Hart sold sixty thousand tickets. In 20 minutes, and they put him in movies, and now he's in four or five trailers. Mm. But he had to sell 60,000 tickets. And J.B. Smoove, they had to put him in the Curb Enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Without Curb Your Enthusiasm, it'd be 20, he'd be in his 27th year of being a black comedian. Mm. And, you know, I looked at, like, I have my show every week, and some of the old Deaf Comedy Jam guys come back, like Michael Collier. That motherfucker's funny as hell. He get, he can't Michael be a father Cullin. now in a sitcom, mm. now you gotta be a grandfather. Mm-hmm. He never got a break. Mm-hmm. Earthquake never got a break. What's that? Capone what? never got a break. What is that barrier go- for? That's because that's these motherfuckers don't understand you know, that the integration is worth money. Mm-hmm. It's such a compassionate and liberal place, Hollywood, but it ain't as integrated as fucking Jerry Springer. Mm-hmm. It's not integrated, mm. and niggas are also partly responsible because they want to they, they segregate themselves. Mm-hmm. You a nigga living in Beverly Hills on Lodeiro Drive will drive all the way to Beverly Park to hang out with his other nigga friend, <laughs> and won't go next door to Lauren Michaels' house. He's mm. a TV nigga. Mm-hmm. You better go to Lauren Michaels' house and knock on the fucking door and get some sugar. So, mm. so you're
0: saying that we, you're, you're saying that we need we need to, to integrate fight, ourselves, fight harder for integration. Of course. Now it's funny because I've been going back and forth with the whole concept of integration. And wondering, has it been a good thing for blacks as a whole?
3: I talk to Mr. Farrakhan about, or, 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 or about this all the time. Yes. Listen to me. Yeah, We ain't got no choice. Right. Integration, no choice. Is economic integration right. as well. Right. Without integration, we fucking pass the same buck back and forth. It's nice to pass it back and forth. We're not really trained to do so. We don't know how to do it. It's much more easy to be part of an integrated process than to actually think you're going to save the whole black community. Americans, mm. uh, you know, it, it like really... The- I like that. I'm a black girl with a baby. Right. I'm 20 years old. I'm living in the hood. Please excuse me if I move to the East Village for the same price. And my kid can walk to the museum Mm. and not get shot at. Mm. Please excuse me for taking my kid to an integrated school where the kid can grow up having enough courage to speak to white people. Russell, please
1: tell these niggas when they come over my lady's apartment that it's cool for me to have white friends.
0: No, that's all he has in his house. Yeah,
2: he don't have any. any no, that's anybody. all he has in his house. are white friends.
0: You came over. This Republican right here. All he got is white friends in his house. That's it. <laughs> but they did have red velvet uh, waffles and fried chicken
3: specialty. The <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? What's wrong with having white friends? What, what? 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 I mean, you see, he only got white friends. He you got y'all niggas. Y'all niggas is friends. Right? <laughs> that's it. Ain't
0: y'all his friends. That's it. Russell, let's talk about this book.
3: Yes. The book is out. Yes, it's doing well. It's number one on the. Um, what's the name of that chart? No, no, no. It's number two on self-help. Oh, it's like mindfulness or wellness. Or something yeah, something of like the crazy chart, number one. on, But it just came out. It's doing very well so far. Thank you. It's it's um, it's um, a gift to the world, in my opinion, the idea that we give people something that will change their lives for the better. I always get people walk up to me and tell me, Super Rich changed your life, or do you affected them deeply? And this book can make a profound difference in someone's life, and that's why I did it. The Money Goes to Charity hundred percent, The hundred per hundred percent. All the royalties go to charity. Right. Mm. All the royalties. So That's it, some rich nigga shit. You got right a nice there. you got a nice advance. Uh, all my books have been there with you. got a nice advance though. No, not really. No? No, very small. Okay. Very small. Just cover this nigga here. Right. Chris. I can attest to that. How, how do you like working with Chris, man? I like fucking with Chris. That's why I'm you know, that's why we keep doing it. Mm. You know, I recommend him me vote a bestseller with my brother too. Yes. Yeah, so Manology, right? They only got bestsellers, right? So far. That's all you got bestsellers? <laughs> so far. Damn, that's like when well, I remember <laughs> producing an Orange Juice Jones record and went gold. And I said, You know, I never made a record that wasn't gold. Ever. Motherfucker. Ever. Motherfucker. Uh. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? And I, and I said that. I remember that I made Alison Williams' album after that. <laughs> nah, what's your biggest regret, man? I don't have regrets. Any. I have experiences, right. learning experiences. And I don't carry that regret thing right. too much no more. Um, when you and look I'm back, saying though, that, right. it sounds no, like I, I, I'd like I, to be able to say that. Right. Because it's the right thing to say, but I honestly don't feel any regret
0: mm. when you look back though, what what was your heaviest moment in
3: life? losing my parents and mm. uh different parents at different times was difficult. I got through it i don't I'm not they they passed the a natural course they both checked out yeah right. uh, i don't really i don't know I feel like I had a life that was full of nothing but mostly joy when you look back on life, you see gray, you don't see pain mm. Right? you know, Maybe something's a little gray, something's a little more blue. Mm. Nothing really hurtful. Uh. Right? You go through all of it. God gives it to you. You handle it and keep it moving. It's true. You know, you don't look back and say, oh, that was painful. It hurts now. <laughs> I don't have any of that. Mm-hmm. None of that. People have that, though. I'm mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. I hear it all the right, time. Right, right, right. But I don't have that.
1: But, but, but I mean, that, that's their issue, too. i had a very too.
3: lucky life. I didn't get shot at in the war. I didn't do shit. My whole life, get nothing up? happened. I did... You ever yeah, got locked, locked up. up? Yeah, locked up. What? You, 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 you so, might have so, had some kind what? of pain or loss, yeah. but, but you don't hold it. You don't retain it. it. They took the seeds out, and so it was a quarter of an ounce, less than a quarter of an ounce. Mm. So it wasn't a felony. Okay. Uh-huh. I had to go visit the PO, you know, every every couple of weeks. Were you, before, were you scared? Yeah.
0: Were you scared about that? No, I was
3: stupid. Mm. I wasn't scared then. I was like 15. Damn. Damn. On, but other than that, you know, I didn't really, I almost, I realized I did a lot of stupid shit. Right. But I don't remember it as painful. You know? Um, it
0: was a learning experience Yeah Success uh-huh. through silence In stores <laughs> right now Right <laughs> That's what it is uh-huh. Uh-huh. Got, Success through stillness I huh? yeah wanna
3: on? No I think we should do What we talked about At the beginning of the show Which was end it with a. Uh... Oh I, I'm a teacher to meditate
0: well, Okay, okay. Are We gonna do this on
3: air Yeah Real yeah. quick gonna do real quick Okay Alright s- okay. so Your mind is like a monkey mm-hmm. It's gonna tell you Fuck no We're not gonna meditate And you're gonna tell it We all gonna meditate So it's you and the mind if you were to close your eyes and repeat a mantra, let me give you a mantra right now. Rum. Say rum. 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 Rum rum rum
0: rum rum rum. Rum 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 Say it loud. Rum 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 rum.
3: So fast and slow, that'll be your mantra. Okay, rum. Rum. And you're gonna focus on that mantra. That mantra is your focus. When we talked about single point focus, that's the one you're gonna use. But your mind is going to be like, well, here's a thought. If a thought comes and it bothers you or an itch comes, you scratch it. So if a thought comes, you think it through. But you gently go back to the rum. So you sit and you repeat rum to yourself. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Right. Repeat rum to yourself. And you keep repeating it. And thoughts come and they go. And you put the alarm on for 20 minutes. So your mind, the first thing it's going to do is bounce around the cage. Mm-hmm. Most likely, it'll bounce around the cage. It'll say, fuck you, I'm not meditating. And you say, I don't care if you meditate or not. I'm not moving. Mm. I mean, scratch. But For I'm 20 not, minutes. I'm going to sit here.
0: For 20 minutes.
3: So three minutes into your meditation, your mind may slip into a state that's less noisy. Right. And you'll say, oh, shit, I'm meditating. And then the mind will bounce around some more. And it'll transcend the thoughts even more.
0: Well, what's your focus?
3: Hold on, well, before we get there, talk about posture, because I think that's important.
0: Well, no, to no, sit. we
3: wanna sit up. Um the TM people say don't sit up, just sit comfortable mm. and and in a way that you know you can sit for twenty minutes. Right. So you don't sit you know, you sit in a way that you can sit. Now, a yogi would sit up because we tell you what you'll experience when you're sitting and when you're repeating this mantra, you're gonna to start to notice that you're out of alignment and you'll kinda of straighten yourself up. Naturally it'll happen. Mm. So you get a really comfortable seat that you think you can hold for 20 minutes. You put the alarm on, and you repeat the rum to yourself, and your mind's going to do whatever it wants to do, but unfortunately, you can't move. Mm. Now, any one of us has enough patience to sit for 20 minutes, but even five minutes into it, you'll find your mind transcending the thoughts. Those hundreds of thoughts will turn to only a few thoughts, and some thoughts will come into your mind And you don't push them out. They come and they go. Most painful thought in the world will come through your mind, and next thing you know, you forgot you were thinking that thought. And you realize things come and go. Struggle comes and goes. And thoughts come and go. So you gently go back to your rum. And that's your focus. And eventually, that rum will be more satisfying than the thoughts. And And that rum will take over and be the most... Um, important place to focus your mind. And it's natural. And no matter who you are, if you sit, as the nervous system settles, because it will settle, the mind will follow. Mm. And that's the meditation. You sit, repeat the rum, you let go. And no matter how much you know, your mind fights you, you're stuck here. And it's only going to be a few minutes before you'll be surprised to know that you're meditating.
0: And how's your breathing?
3: You might find a time you think you're not breathing. Mm. You might find that time. Right. Um, You don't need a lot of breath if you're not moving. There'd be a time when you don't even want to swallow because it sounds like a bomb is going off in Mm. your head. There's a time that there's something crawling on you, but you're like, fuck it, I don't want to touch it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So so the
0: goal is no thoughts?
3: No. There's no goal. No goal. Don't look for anything. Mm. Your mind will settle. And there may be a couple of seconds he's like, God, no thought. But, you know, mostly it's just less thoughts. And at first you'll have inventory. You know, even as you're being more calm, you'll think about thoughts that things that happen. And you'll have a different view of those things. Uh Because now it won't be emotion attached to every thought. And what you want in life is moving meditation so that you can watch the world without attachment. Uh So you see things. So it needs to be louder, you turn it louder. You're not annoyed because it's not loud. Because when you get annoyed because of your nervous system, it excretes poison into your body. And it promotes sickness and sadness and cancer. I I definitely believe that. And if you are calm when things happen, then you don't put that poison in your system. That poison lasts for days at a time. If you go yell at somebody and you think you forgot you yelled, for days at a time there's a poison in you that's toxic. It's a part of your brain that excretes that, when it's nervous, or when it's afraid. So, the idea is you sit, you're patient, and the only thing you need is patience, and everything will settle. And that's the lesson of meditation. I mean, there's there's all kinds of psychosomatic things. That when you read the book, you'll hear of, of all what it does for your brain, right. and you'll kind of, and that will happen even at an increased rate because you're aware of it. Uh-huh. But just the idea of sitting, and being patient. The mind settles
0: and, and, and doing this over time, we will notice a in six
3: thing. weeks. You can look at a brain scanner and see that the gray matter in your brain has grown by mm-hmm. <laughs> 20 percent. Vi- yes, yes, in your brain, right? A, a regular twice a day meditation. The left side of your brain and your right side of your brain are starting to separate at eight years old. Mm. When you meditate, they start coming back together. Right. Your nervous system calms not only while you're meditating, but in general. And that means your immune system gets stronger. Oh. Your memory gets stronger. Mm-hmm. That gray matter I talk about speaks to a more expansive brain, your brain functionality. And Dr. Sanjay talked about this today in my interview with him. He went on and on about brain functionality, because when the mind is settled, it can see. Like it's this idea of being frozen awake, mm. like when you're awake. Like I talked about in the car accident. or That's being present. Being present. Right. Instead of having some noise and the anxiety. Anxiety and noise is the cause of suffering. Stillness Simples. is the cause of happiness. Right. It's that simple. Wh- so wh- you have so meditating is the best tool to promote happiness. And also that focus that I'm talking about makes you better at work at any job you have to take on.
0: When's the best time to meditate?
3: I roll over in the morning, I stretch. A little bit. I mean, you ain't got to put both your feet behind your head. Just stretch and be awake and sit up. And if you can't sit in the lotus, that's okay. Just sit still after you're awake. Be awake. And just sit. And let, and let your let your body breathe. And let your mind wander. But always go back to your mantra. Rum, rum. Doesn't have a meaning. It's just a vibration. Mm. And it's a mass mantra I gave in the book.
0: Now, I'm a... I'm a, I'm a, I'm a... Take you to take your word, man. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna do this.
3: Anybody I've taught, right? You're gonna love it. Now, I'm, I'm definitely gonna do this. It'll change your life. What, what about the lighting? Should it be dark or does oh, it matter? You know, I mean, I would like to light a candle. I mean, right. when you close your eyes, you don't even know it's a candle. You know, people like they want to go to India to meditate. You meditate in your bed. Meditate whatever the fuck what you want. What if somebody
0: in. wants to smoke some weed before they meditate?
3: I would not recommend it because what you're trying to do is promote presence, right. and clarity. So I wouldn't recommend smoking weed. Hey, hey Dallas, you
0: gonna, you gonna meditate? I am. Really?
3: I'm gonna start. I actually. I, I'm, I'm gonna meditate what tonight. He meditate tonight I was fucking with you. You uh, really a Republican for real?
1: Real registered, registered. And, and I wish. Can you
3: tell me the good reason why? Uh,
1: the, the real reason why was I. I, just I, mad at went, I the went. I went. I went to City College also. He's a
0: Contrarian man.
1: No, no. I went to City College also, and and uh, my my uh, professor brought this this um this dude in, and he just made me feel like you know what, for four decades. You Believe in capital punishment. N- n- not that, not no. I don't believe in capital punishment. No, I believe in I believe be in corporal that. punishment done by my parents, done by a parent. Like you know, every now and then, you got to shake a kid up or something like that. <laughs> but no, I don't believe I don't believe <laughs> the state should be cutting people's heads off. But just the idea that Harlem, the place where the school was, Russell, had four decades of Charles Rangel and all the other things that happened to Harlem. How Harlem basically got sold away from the Harlemites. You think Republicans were going to protect you from that? No, no. But but again, I felt like <laughs> on, on a local level, if the Republican Party said, wait a minute, we could win. The, we could win Harlem. Well, let's find out
3: yeah, who but can we, we put all in, go to Congress and vote against your in? interests. So.
0: Yo, you need some meditation.
1: Who can you know, we I put know. in that will all that, that, that will get this shit. vote? What can we do to get these Harlemites votes the same way the Democrats got our votes 40 years ago? They said, "All right, we're, we're you know going to walk for the march ago they started on promoting Washington.
3: Civil rights and good things for black people, and things for people." And they
1: put that down, and they dropped that, and they dropped. They that.
3: still, are, the president right now is talking about minimum wage. This fucking second, Republicans are so against giving up, mm. raising the minimum wage. Right this second, the president is saying, he's also so saying $11? corporations pay more taxes. He's also saying, you know, a single payer health care was an idea he tried to promote, giving people health care. He also, he's talking about underserved communities. I mean, I know you're concerned about the black community when you say this.
0: Yes. First but, and foremost. But
3: I can't understand how you think the Republicans will help the black community. Yo, that's Dallas Penn. <laughs> Russell Simmons, <laughs> uh, uh, that's Dallas Penn. I'm, I'm not looking for the Republican <laughs> Party <laughs> Dallas
0: per se, Russell, but us
1: as individuals just at least showing the Democrats that, wait a minute, we're alive. We're awake. We're that's awake. That's that bullshit,
0: man. I'll tell and, you. And, Russell, don't, and Russell don't, because don't, you, I don't Russell, because you don't, don't,
1: register don't, Republican don't, don't, doesn't mean that's how you flip the lever. I'm just saying that it, it at least says to people, I'm awake out here. Comment? I got I, You I, need to meditate, Dallas.
0: He, man. He's, he's going to meditate. Yeah, let's wrap this up. I'll tell you one All thing, right, Yo, my man, I, I got to go. He, he got to go. go. Hey, yeah. this this is the girl.
3: Let me tell you something. Yeah. I like fucking with you, nigga. I want to come back. You, you get know got what it? I'm saying? <laughs> I want to come back and, and spend more time with you. I appreciate the conversation. I didn't realize we had so much kinship yes, you know, and, and history together, and that's exciting. I'll come back and fuck with you. And my man Chris is your partner, right? Are y'all talk about Chris on the radio? Sometimes. The he love him. He's, Sometimes he's, he's the slave master. Yes.
1: <laughs> he owns the shit. Burr. He's the slave master, and this is he the overseer. Told me
3: that you niggas make some money, uh. and he makes nothing. He's uh. investing all of his money back in your industry. That's true.
2: We don't got no wardrobe budget, but. The fuck
3: that's, he, that's true. He don't got no wardrobe, so you, don't, <laughs> you got a budget. Listen. No, 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 listen. Instead,
2: combat usually put outros us. None other. You would be the greatest outro. I mean, come on. Combat, could you skip your outro for the, for the legendary outro? Listen, internets,
0: run out, get that success through stillness. Dream those dreams, man up, and live those dreams because a life without dreams is black and white and the universe flows in technicolor and surrounds sound. Russell Simmons. We need to Russell Take Simmons. Take
3: out a My nigga, thank you. Yes. <laughs> we need the Def Jam of. one. We Def Jam. It's time like the end of Frankie Crockett show. That's what you know? it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. No, no. I mean, that's. Into Nets. Into Nets. Right. That's the real shit. Hold this one. Hold this one y'all to your heart. Thank you. Yo, thank you
0: very much. And we're out.